you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and every body. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. The Around the NFL podcast sets the alarm for 647. From the Chris Wessling podcast studio, it's Around the NFL I have no idea what that zummy drop was. Well, I, we were told before the show that it was specifically uh, designed to please Greg. But I, Greg I had a mystical like, uh, look on his face. I don't like alarms at like round numbers Got generally. Oh, okay. And so maybe it's also talking about our uh, big World Cup match because that game starts at 7 a.m. on Saturday. Fox tries to confuse us by saying 6 a.m., but that's just oh. an hour-long pregame show. Great news for the old Zeuser. So you're going to get about a healthy 13 minutes before the, the soccer match begins. That seems perfect. So that is that's a remarkably nice. uh, Greg esoteric money drop or zummy drop about your alarm clock that yeah. you set. Okay. I think. Dan Hans is here with Greg Rosenthal, Mark Sessler. It is time for the week 13 preview. How about that? I mean, I've got a seven-year-old. There's no need for alarm clocks. No. Ever. I haven't set an alarm clock. I hear it. Hey, Not for a flight in a long time. I hear you, brother. That's how it works. <laughs> Just a bunch of dads here. Bunch of dads chopping it up. Um, this is a great week. Whoa. In fact, I feel like everything's been building to this week. In fact, you could say, oh, Zeuser, you know, you got a root canal on Wednesday mm. and then hours later developed a stomach virus contracted Ooh. from your young son from his school, his first grade class, mm. his kindergarten class. How could you feel be feeling so good right now? Number one, I'm not feeling good at all. Number two, this keeps me alive. Week 13. Hope abounds for you. And also, I mean, just a credit to you for being here with us on the show today. I didn't mean for it to navigate to that 
conversation, it's, it's but thank you. Well, it's unavoidable. Can we get the it's producers some help here to put a plexiglass window? I think that uh, that you know encasement that Kirk Cousins put himself in. I think that's available a, a year ago yeah, during COVID. Could we, think, could we put Dan in that? No, I think for, you put it well on Tuesday's show, Greg, when you said, listen, we're family now. We're in too deep. <laughs> so that's it. We, okay. all, we trade viruses. Great. Kirk that, Cousins' that, bod is, like, surprisingly saucy. Um, <laughs> I did not sign up to catch a virus, by the way. That's not why I reported to work today. Hey, family's family, man. Okay. So, week 13, it's a killer. It's awesome. And also, the calendar turn, didn't it, Mike McDaniel? There is nothing better in professional football than meaningful December and January games. Nothing better. That's true. I love that guy. Everything he says is like 37% like more entertaining than anyone else saying <laughs> the same thing. He's got incredible things. cadence and you're you're hanging on every word and sometimes it's just a normal sentence it just sounds wonderful. I love that it's working. Yeah. And I'm saying it as a Jets fan. I love that the Mike McDaniel era is working. That a guy like that can be doing what he's doing. Well, at least until now because now the Dolphins get challenged and we're going to get mm, into that. We will. He's right though. It is the after you get past week 1 which is fun. It's like it's building and building and so this is the best part. We need a name for this Sunday. Separation Sunday, Statement Sunday. I don't know, but it's easily the best Sunday right, of the we year. Have, we have hours and hours to figure it out. But for now, let us spin into the week. How exciting. And by the way, the Bills-Patriots, that's a good game too. Yeah. Kicking off the week on Thursday night. And you can check out our reaction to that on the Friday Fun Show around the NFL's um, weekly program that has fan engagement. You could, it's a live stream where you could be involved with the show. Uh, check that out. But let's get into the games after Thursday Night Football. Let's get into the rest of the primetime games. Let's start with Sunday Night Football. And yeah, just as we pumped up this week, now we're going to talk about the Colts in primetime. Oh. How'd that happen? <laughs> well, Colts yeah. at Cowboys. This feels like a bloodbath. That's how I'll tee you up, Greg. I think you're right. I'm annoyed. It just shows the power of the Cowboys like daily they will even flex out Patrick Mahomes out of prime time they got rid of the Broncos and the Chiefs in a couple weeks to put in Dolphins yeah. Chargers which was a nice move I'm sorry Greg but weren't the Colts just on Monday night football yeah well, that's what they do what are we doing here we also have the Colts repeats. on Monday night football in two or three weeks from now and, against the Cardinals and how many prime oh, that's time, ugly. and I know the Patriots are actually a pretty good team but how many Patriots prime time games do we have in a row I think there's four or what three is or four. They, they've, like been the doing this. they've been doing little, this for years, though. I don't know what the funky I don't get the formula, though. I, I do find uh, the Cowboys a fun team to watch win a blowout, though. And All I right. think that's what's going to happen. I, I think Dak Prescott's playing out of his mind right now. I love the way he's throwing with anticipation. He's throwing on the move. He's throwing accurately. This has been a good Colts defense, uh, although they weren't great on Monday night against Pittsburgh, I got to say. And so they're a team that's gotten better and better, Dallas, throughout the course of the season. Teams change. We did not expect them to be this dynamic of a team rushing the ball. And a lot of credit goes to their offensive line and their coaching because there are holes. When Ezekiel Elliott, who just does not have a lot of juice left but has great instincts, is making big plays, you know they're opening up holes. And Tony Pollard's as effective as anyone. And Michael Gallup showing up last week with some real toughness as a wide receiver, too, really completes this offense. So I'm enjoying the whole Cowboys experience. Experience. I don't hate that they're in primetime, but this is about the ninth best game this week, so it's annoying. It's I thought the Gallup development was huge. I know that OBJ is on the 
on the radar here big time and he kind of just fits the whole Cowboys experience. But having Gallup, you know, this is a team we looked at when they traded Amari Cooper. We thought they might be weapons poor to some degree through the air. And it looks completely opposite. I mean, Dak Prescott overcame those early interceptions against the Giants. They're sitting here with 10 days rest. And all I can think about is like Matt Ryan trying to evade um, the looming figure of Micah Parsons, who could absolutely destroy Matt Ryan in this game. I don't like that situation at all. Matt Ryan is very difficult to watch at this stage of his career. He cannot move. We know that. He cannot really throw. And that is a tough combination. And you understand why he got benched. You also understand why he returned to the lineup because the Colts, especially when Ursa was in panic mode when he made his grand move at head coach, he wanted to give them a chance to compete, which he kind of does. But doesn't it feel like every time you watch Matt Ryan, you're watching either the best worst game ever or the worst good game ever by a quarterback is just like he is just it's just a toughie. He's in a tough environment. It's time too. to go. I mean, because I think that Raiders game, the first, you know, that sort of a fairy tale situation for Jeff Saturday, Matt Ryan, Jonathan Taylor, everything works suddenly. And you're thinking you're, if you're Frank Reich. You're looking at this. How, what, where was this for me? But that fairy tale has ended and it's going to end hardcore against the Cowboys. That was a fairy tale against the number 32 defense in sure. the league. And now, yeah, you get that offensive line. They do have Ryan Kelly, their center back at practice was limited or, so that's not the worst thing ever, but he is going to be bum rushed. And I think the kind of new coach bounce, I do think they got a little bit of a new coach bounce. That is a thing. The interim coach comes in and it's like, oh, we got a little bounce. And uh, that lasted till the very end of that Eagles game. And now like the reality is set in that they have to play six more games. And Jonathan Taylor, I know they credited uh, Matt Ryan with that goal line fumble, but my goodness, he's got four fumbles this year. He's had some ball security issues. It just feels like, a Murphy's Law season for the Colts. Just everything just goes wrong. Yeah, I mean, Taylor's 200-yard games all season. I know he's you know, there's been injury issues. They're better he, off losing. Yeah, I well, I mean, what, for the draft pick and yeah. stuff? Yeah, well, I think that was the plan. And then, then they kind of got fun, and now they're the opposite of fun. All right, let's move to Monday Night Football. We don't need to dwell on some of these games, unless you had another Cowboys point to make. Greggy, Mark? No, let's move Let's, let's move let's to Monday move Night Football, pace. which is okay. I think the one, if you want to talk about like best weeks of the ATN era, if we had a couple bangers on Sunday and Monday, we could actually put this up against... We're going to move through these primetime games to get to the gorgeous so football. So maybe it's the yeah. best like Sunday, Sunday daytime slate that Boom. we've had. I mean, we're them. also probably not forgetting or just simply forgetting five or six others. that we're, I know we're not right. trying. We don't want to we'll can, advertise this as being the best. Can you fun. even imagine how long Sunday's show is going to be? Like <laughs> three hours, six hours maybe? Yeah. <laughs> Poor Drew and Christy, Justin. It's going to be a long behind night. Behind the glass. Let's get to it. Buckle it. The Saints, 4-8. and eight, They're playing for their lives now. So it's kind of a uh, wounded animal game for the Saints uh, who have to, to stay in the race in the NFC South, and that's their only path to the postseason. They got to beat the Bucks. And here's the good news, Mark. I talked about it a little bit on Tuesday, and now I want to hear your thoughts about this. The Saints or any other team in this division can check can catch the Bucks. You want to know why? I think you know why. The Bucks aren't good. <laughs> so go you ahead, win Saints. This game. You go win, this, win game. this game and make the yeah. NFC South even sloppier. I think it helps that the Saints have gotten healthier and bodies back on defense. A defense that historically, um, I mean, recent history has made life very tough for Tom Brady. This has sort of been the kryptonite team. I don't look at this Saints team on that level at all. Can I just say that that, yeah. that angle, and let's see, as they look, yeah, because 
the Bucks took care of them in week two. All that, all this stuff about the Saints, anything about the Saints that was connected to Drew Brees and almost more importantly, Sean Payton, nothing about the Saints is what it was anymore. No, but last year's defense under the current head coach, yeah, but with Sean Brady. Payton as the head coach leading I, the team. Yeah, I wouldn't, I'm not arguing that. Yeah. I, I sort of said I think that that doesn't really hold a lot of water right now, except the problem is that it's a lot less of a chore to stuff the Bucks' offense right now. They're the, the one of the, speaking of our podcast, I can't really remember too many rushing attacks that are worse. You don't have Tristan Wirfs right now. Uh, I think that's a big loss for, for whenever the line starts to break down around t- Tom Brady, you get problems. I mean, they've just been simply out of sync, and we talked about this in last week that this Bucks team, we kept waiting for them to round into shape. This is who they are. And I think the thing that they can hang their hat on is that the Saints offense, which seems to me to have no scheme or plan, they're averaging 12 and a half points per game since week night, Al, since week nine. Alvin Kamara has vanished inside of this thing. And I think Andy Dalton plays, he plays pretty well from game to game, but it's not enough. Yeah, I just cycling back to the Bucks, who I think are the, at least the more interesting team here to me. And we just saw it. If you're watching this on NFL Network, how many throws we talked we talked about in Atlanta, for instance, Marcus Mariota and Kyle Pitts can't get on the same page. Mm-hmm. Well, Pitts is a young player that's still learning the league in some level. Mariota is a scattershot quarterback. Greg, why can't Tom Brady and Mike Evans connect on passes like they did the previous two years? What, like, what has changed in that relationship? On I, the field? I have no idea. It, it, sometimes it's Mike Evans reading the coverage differently than than Brady does, and it, it's hard to put a fault on that. And other times, it's just Tom Brady missing throws. I mean, the the go ball that he had in overtime, or was that late fourth quarter? I think it was overtime against Evans. There was two pretty similar passes from Brady in that game. It was just a missed throw by Brady. I don't think he's been as accurate deep down the field. He's still a good quarterback. I, I read Mark's QB index this week. It was excellent. Mm. Brady what was your is, favorite part? Um, who was it in the middle section? I, I'm going to... It's hard to pick a favorite part, Greg. You I'm could gonna, just say no, that there too. really you was know. a great write-up. It was it was like in the 20s. Anyways, Brady's Mike White tw- at number 23 seems fair. I like that. Nice start for Mike as he moves up the ladder. I like to jazz him up early when he when he does like what oh, he just did. I knew you know? I was I, it was Heineke who he said <laughs> roams as an adventurer uh, <laughs> that he, he throws a handful of heaters beyond that. There's something a tad mystical about how his teammates and coaches respond to the off fired up signal well, caller. We are yeah. contractually obligated to, form? to ignore QB wins. But would any of this be happening with glass of milk? Carson Wentz at the controls. I I love that. <laughs> you had a lot in that statement. Yeah. Mark doesn't like being told that QB wins don't matter. He's putting that in there. He right. thinks they matter a little bit. I think that's they, fair. I think for some players, it they stand out to me. Yeah. And, and then he gives you're angering Wes from somewhere mystical right now. I think Wes would agree on that yeah. front. And then he gives uh, a shot at Wentz in the biggest way Boom. he can, yeah. which is calling him a guy who drinks glass of milk. There's no lower man than no, I don't than trust adult men. Milk, I, I know a couple adult <laughs> men who uh, regularly drink large glasses of milk. What are we doing here? So you know. didn't think I had an answer for that, but I did. So and my point was Brady's <laughs> at the uh, at the right spot at 12. Like he's a good quarterback, but he do, I think he's not as accurate deep down the field, and that that's hurt his connection with Evans. I th- still think they're the best team in the division. The the Bucks, because who they are is like a better than average defense with a average to below a below average offense, but not terrible, like an okay passing game and a coach that's terrible in clock management, and that adds up to five and seven, but or 
that happens to be the best team in the NFC South. But this game is so big, Dan. I think you hit on it uh, in terms of what the NFC South is going to look like. I think it's the biggest game in the rest of the season for this division. Mm. If the Bucks lose it, they have the 49ers and Bengals next. And I would consider them Oof. heavy underdogs. And it's just a wide open mess, kind of like that season where the Panthers won with seven wins. And I think that it's, if the Bucks can win it, then they're going to keep these other teams at bay. I have said all along that whoever wins this horrid division with a record like that Panthers team right. from, from bygone years, uh, will win a playoff game. They'll host a they'll host someone mightier, and they will win with a losing record at home in the playoffs. And I think that's what the Bucks will, will do. Which will stink, because then yeah. you're going to wipe out a team that actually had a good season. And then you got to watch whatever team came out of this division get spanked the next round. And it's just like, oh, we just blew two games mm. on a worthless I didn't say it was uh, a pleasant um, division champion. Yeah. And by the way, speaking of forecasts, I did look into the crystal ball. And I did say that the uh, Buccaneers were going to lose their grip on first place. They have to lose this game. Do they have to lose this game? Well, I mean, because they're going to lose the next two games. Do they have to lose this and want to be on a four game losing? Because that's in play here, folks. If they lose on Monday night, they could be on a four game skid. And then here comes Sam Darnold and the Panthers right up to standing. That's how Sam Darnold uh, jogs or runs toward this game. I think game? I think it's possible. I I think it's possible. I wish I knew how to quit you. Uh, Todd Bowles' decision not to take a timeout with in the last thirty seconds of last week's game was so much worse than Jeff Saturday. Yeah, and, I wish and we your concerns about Sunday. game management with Todd Bowles coming into this season have borne out like he he was confused by even the questioning about it between these Mm. two coaches Dennis Allen and Todd Bowles I think you have two of the bottom you know five or six game management like Sunday games especially because they're defensive coaches who just don't seem to care that much or have a feel for the only thing in those situations because you can think of like five or six guys like that why don't they have someone in their ear saying Todd Bowles we get that you're good at some things this isn't your skill set do this now and P.S. Where is Bruce Arians in all this? I think they miss Bruce Arians. Uh, hmm. <laughs> a little bit. You've said that I, several I, times this I year. I truly believe. But it. we I also mean, were killing Bruce Arians for not even caring about the team. No, I, I don't that think was, that was like a <laughs> from like four years ago, and he looked a little distant from. There the are some thing. numbers Last that say they did. have the worst running attack in one of the worst running attacks in NFL history, and I don't think. I think Bruce Arians would have stopped these early down runs. I like that they're back to Rashad White, but I think they would have just gone even more bombs away, which they started to a little last week. That didn't exactly work either. I I agree with what you said. It's a good way to look at how lost a head coach is with clock management. When in the press conference, he still doesn't really know what you're talking about. That would be me as a head coach, by the way. (laughs) The same. Todd Todd was that way, and uh, I thought Jeff Saturday was kind of that way on Monday night. Um, when they asked him, you know, minutes after the end of the game, what happened on the final drive when they were not using their timeouts, Saturday said, I thought we had plenty of time. I wasn't too concerned. He did cycle. <laughs> I, I kind of like this, at least, because what do you have to lose? Like Saturday the next day did come back around and say I would have done. Well, that's the same thing Hackett did in week one after, yeah, after he read the like Seahawks game. So Bob Kravitz and Zach I know, Kiefer I know, but it's like I, I kind of just like the, the owning it to some degree. Right. Versus it's it's time to jump off the Colts ship before you go down with it, Mark. Just Well, I feel I did that in the last game preview. <laughs> I, I said the fairy tale is over. I, it was enjoyable for a minute there. You're done. This is a yeah. reminder to how, how long this season is. The week two game that you mentioned, the Bucks did win, although the Saints... I didn't think they were outplayed in that game. It was a weird game. Uh, it was started by Jameis Winston throwing passes to Michael Thomas. Winston played through the broken back thing, and it's like, that feels like it was mm. 1984. Sure. 
All right, let's take a break, and then we will get into the draft. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all. But I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because they ain't it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. All right, welcome back. Yes, it is the Sunday of the year, which makes this the most important draft of the year for our little show. It just so happens that Zeuser is the first overall pick. Mm. However, Mark, I want to talk something. I know you got the third overall pick. I want to talk deal with you. With me, you had a, a root canal this week. Yes. You've didn't endured a stomach bug, uh-huh. and now you're wheeling and dealing. I, I I think that you're showing again. It's incredibly courageous. Your uh, your work life balance. Here. I was in that chair for two and a half hours, and when I was in that chair, I got to thinking. Okay. Two and a half. Yeah. It was it was intense. Got some issues there. Mark, I have the first overall pick, but I'd like to make an offer to you, and I don't want to put any pressure on you. No, um, I won't. I won't feel pressured. But. I want to see if you would be interested in moving up to number one overall. Okay. And here's, here's, and that gives you obviously the pick of any game here at all. The whole thing. And what I want to do here is I'll make an offer to you. Here we go. I want to offer you the first overall pick and I'll throw in my third rounder, seventh overall. Uh, okay. I get back your first round pick, which is third overall. I also get your third round pick, which is ninth overall. And then a conditional <laughs> pick in week 14. That will be 
a second round pick that becomes a first if the Jets win over the Vikings on Sunday. I feel slightly like Todd Bowles at the podium right now. <laughs> right. Um, assessing is, is anyone, all that? And I can't. <laughs> what? I'm in this draft every week, and I have no idea what just happened. Well, hold on. So I think a set, the, the money move here is that we're flipping first for third. Um, I'd like to know why you're doing that. I have a, I, I seem to, th- in my mind, have a, a well, reason I, why you might be. I can guess. Um, but in general, with the rest of the business, um, yeah. Of course, I'll accept it. I want the first oh, overall pick this week. Of course, I'll accept Boom. it. I'll, I'll, I see. What? I don't know if Dan snookered you here, but I'd rather what? have the third and fourth this week. That's better. So he should be giving up value to to move back. I, you know, I again. This though, is like the I, Tony Mandarin. Just draft. because you're not involved in the trade doesn't mean you can just true. start it's criticizing. True. We, I, I would we rather be third and fourth because there's I, a big I, drop I, off. I, I see where you're coming from to some degree, and I I okay. like the idea. I know exactly where I'd go number one if I had it, and I am accepting the deal. And I Thank know what you. you're going to do, I think, with number three. Uh-oh, breaking news. Uh-oh, okay. What do we got? Breaking news. We have a blockbuster trade in this stupid fake trade draft thing that <laughs> ATN does every week. I don't know what they're talking about. Anyway, according to my sources, this is big. Dan sends his first overall pick, plus a third rounder, seventh overall, to Mark for his first rounder, <laughs> third overall, a third round pick, which is ninth overall, and a conditional second rounder in week 14 that, let me get this right, becomes a first rounder with the Jets win over the Vikings on Sunday. This is so, so stupid. And why am I wasting time with this nonsense? <laughs> I mean, he's a little annoyed there that he's talking, but the fact that he had that reporting so quickly, that kind of tells you why he's the rap sheet. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it, I. I don't uh, know if I appreciate his dislike for the show in general, but it is real news. I, I'm gonna step in as the Daniel Jeremiah of this uh, uh, draft analysis yes. here and be like, "This is a five-game draft, a huge drop-off afterwards." Mm-hmm. And so, uh, if he's snookering you into kind of only getting one of those five games, he has two. Five, like, he has the okay. first and fourth pick. Okay. Yeah. No. I, okay. Greg, well, I, I know. I'm you, not, are you yeah. picking up on Greg's yeah. bitterness that he's not involved in this? I think trade? it's because he's not involved. I think so. I know too. what it's all about, but it makes sense to me. And of course, you know, there's no secrets here. Like I, you don't want to take the Jets first. No, and I know I could get some more value, maybe even next week. So anyway, Mark, right? Get us going. All right. Well, wow. There's a. This Thank is you one to of Ian those for that report. Well, he that did a was... great job. He did a great job. I know it annoyed him. It probably um, prevented him from doing something fact, more enjoyable in his he, life. It really annoyed Greg. From the it first words Greg's... that came out of my mouth, yeah. when we began talking about that, I just don't, I don't want to skin, you know. I don't want to see Mark get taken advantage see, of here. Don't let him, don't let him do the thing that he. <laughs> I, I don't feel yeah. taken advantage You're of not. too, because you know, I don't I, even think he knows what he's talking about. Right, he I just feel wants perfectly comfortable with how he's this trying to drive the wedge. That's right, and it's not going to be allowed. Um, I'm going to go Chiefs at Bengals. Oh, okay. Great right? pick. Because I wouldn't have this if I picked number three before. I wouldn't have this game. And so this is a delightful development so to me. So stick that in your pipe and smoke it, yeah, Rosenthal. Yeah, smoke it, Greg. Uh, so you look at He's the, like, yes, I'll smoke it. <laughs> Anything. Just after the show, please. Um, Jamar Chase. You're coming back. Joe Mixon bro. practicing. <laughs> Look what the Bengals have done. I think it's underrated what they've done without Jamar Chase, without Joe Mixon. And we talked about a little on Sunday, though, that Joe Burrow have found a way to get Samaji Pirine, Travion Williams to kind of combine for 135 yards last week in a big win over the Titans. Guys like Trenton Irwin stepped up, but now you're getting Jamar Chase back and the development uh, of T. Higgins into a truly star-wide receiver over the past month beside him. I, I look at this Bengals offense that outside of that Bengal, that Browns disaster on Monday night, which I view as sort of an d- inner division aberration, 
have been averaging well over 400 yards a game for the past month. And it just seems like we focus on all these other, the Dolphins, the Niners, the Bengals are going a little overlooked. I feel like that was how it was last year. Um, I think they have the horses to go give Kansas City a run for their money here. And Kansas City, I like. I know last week it was the Rams, but the Rams defense, I thought, slowed Kansas City down a little bit. At least their drives kept ending in the red zone. Do I think that's a week-to-week thing? No, because Patrick Mahomes is the clear front runner for MVP. But I look hmm. at this Bengals defense. And the way that they... Jalen Hurts wants a word there, but go Well, on. I think that's that's a fair. Yeah. But, I mean, Mahomes, I think, would have to really stumble to not be my okay. MVP at this point. Go ahead. But I think the, re- the, the return of DJ Reader has been big for Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. That defensive line last week made t- life very tough on the Titans. And their offensive line kept Joe Burrow relatively safe, which is a big development. And I know you got Chris Jones and stuff on the Chiefs coming at you this time around. But I like the Cincinnati, where they're going, where they're trending right now. I think they're not talked about enough. Love this game. Totally agree with all your points and where they are at. They are a different team right now. And if they can win this game, and I think they can, I picked them to win on game picks. I mean, it's a it's a coin flip, but it's in Cincinnati, and I don't think this, is, this would be some big upset. I think they're one or two-point underdogs, which sounds about right. It's close to a coin flip because of the way that they're playing up front. When, when the Bengals are winning up front against Tennessee – you got to hand it to him. I got to hand it to Zach Taylor. I think it's time to upgrade. You can wear the polo, but how about a nice little sport coat on top of it? You know, let's about, dress it up. Let's about, dress it up and go out for dinner a, with the with your with your lady. I hope this is playing in Cincy's headquarters right now. I was right going to say, you know? instead of uh, going on with the polo bit, how about a pivot to some damn respect for this man? I mean, we don't have to go too far. I, I thought this GD respect within the bit. I think the sport coat is adding respect. I'm putting I'm but putting the respect right. on where top you of were, The way you spoke of him in such disparaging tones in September after he went to the Super Bowl. It's the same dude. OK, he's, I, he's good at this. I still think. And this was my main point back then was the main reason why they're so good is their players. They have more talent oh, than newsflash. Ca- yeah, than Kansas City. But I just hmm. mean that you can almost there's no way for this offense, the way that they're playing, to, to not be effective. But offensive line wise, that's the that's the thing that really impresses me that they have gotten better, I think, over the course of the season. And I, I look at Kansas City and what we haven't seen out of them is like these great defensive games. They haven't had too many difficult matchups. I actually think this might be Kansas City's last chance for a loss. Of course, the NFL is unpredictable, but even if Kansas City lost this game, I I look at their schedule and I could see them cruising through the end and and still getting that one seed. But man, would it be impressive for Cincinnati to beat Tennessee and Kansas City in back-to-back weeks, exactly what they did in the playoffs a year ago, and kind of say, like, we're here and we're not going anywhere. It would be a statement. Yeah, I think with Mahomes, I feel like Mahomes is, even though I know Tom Brady's still in the league, he's... To me, kind of that Brady guy now where where it's when you get to the end of the season, you just don't expect them to ever lose. And to that point, as the calendar is now turned over mm. to December, uh, in the last three seasons, the Chiefs are 13-0 and in December. And uh, his numbers, as you would expect, are off the charts good. Uh, he is... Although Burrow outshone him, I guess that was January, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, this is only December in, that in matters. Week 17, yeah. But, so, to pivot to my other point, uh, man, I don't want anything to do with the Cincinnati Bengals right now. I, If I am playing the Bengals, I'm scared because now that they have seemed, seemingly figured out their offensive line, 
the fact that they are playing with confidence. You could tell they got their their juice back. You're getting Jamar Chase back. And Joe Burrow, my guy, is an assassin. Do you want anything to do with Joe Burrow in no. a big spotlight game, whether it's going to be in the regular season or in January? This guy is going to win Super Bowls. I mean, because I, I think he is special, just like Mahomes is special. So this is, I think this is a very good first yeah, overall I, pick. This is a total coin flip to me. Burrow, to me, just showed me so much over the last three, four weeks to do what he did with so many people out of the lineup. I mean, this Chiefs offense, they're, part of the deal is stopping them. Last week, they had 10 different players with 15-plus receiving yards. That is the most in a game by any team ever since 1950. It just tells you that they're not base. It's not like Chiefs teams of old. They're using everyone, and it's maybe not a deep strike offense, like it has been in the past, but they find a way to get it done. And you still have Travis Kelsey doing insane things on a weekly basis, who's really not that different in age than Rob Gronkowski. It's crazy what Travis Kelsey's doing right now. He He's moving so well, and you wonder how you match up Von Bell. And, and they did a pretty good job, certainly in the playoff game, not so much in the regular season last year. That was a game over 30s. But the Chiefs can expose the Bengals' biggest weakness, which hasn't really shown up in the last month or so. And to me, that's their secondary, and that's their pass defense, and that's their cornerbacks specifically. Uh, you, you've gotten by without Awuzie for a month, but you were playing Mariota and Brissett, not that you played well against Brissett, and the Panthers, and... Kenny Pickett, who you didn't play very well against no, uh, overall, was and, and the Titans, who aren't explosive. And now you got to play Kansas City. I think they found something in Cam Taylor-Britt. That was their rookie second-round pick who's played well for them at cornerback. But this is a whole nother challenge. I think the only way you beat the Chiefs is if this game's in the 30s and it's just a, a score fest like it was in Cincinnati last January in a monster spot. And, and man, if the Chiefs somehow lost three in a row against the Bengals, that would be... Something. All right, let's move on to the second overall pick, Greggy. Yeah, I'm annoyed. I mean, I am annoyed by your trade because I thought I might get to take Chiefs Bengals right. with the second pick. Oh, there that's, you go. That's the heart he, of the And matter. then I thought when Mark got it, he wouldn't uh, take it first overall because I thought he'd take Dolphins 49ers. That's my pick. Those are the two best games, I think, overall on the day. It's close, but those are certainly the best two in the afternoon window, so I want to make sure I get it. I mean, it's just such a fascinating, nerdy matchup to see Kyle Shanahan versus Jimmy Garoppolo. I would put these two teams in the top six or seven most likely teams to win the Super Bowl this year. I bet I think they're there in, in Dan's power rankings, in that ranking. So to see these first two games, a matchup of four teams here that can win the Super Bowl, you can't ask for anything better in Week 13. I... First, want to see if Teron Armstead plays. That's a big X factor. That's the left mm-hmm. tackle for the Dolphins. He strained his pec. It sounds like he might be pushing to play this week. When they haven't had him on the field, their numbers have cratered. Even with Tua out there, just the pressure numbers have fallen apart. They will be without their right tackle, Austin Jackson. And the backups that they've put in for those guys, including Brandon Shell, we're not sure what they're going to do, just haven't stood up. And I, I was a little underwhelmed by the 49ers defense last week in a shutout relatively just their pass rush that they didn't win that matchup up front. And they get were much, very fortunate for that yeah, to be zero. They didn't yeah. get much pressure on Andy Dalton, but I think they'll be able to get some pressure on Tua even though he gets rid of the ball so quickly, especially if Armstead isn't there. To me, I, I would like the Dolphins in that game, if, if the, in this game, if it wasn't for that. That, to me, is the thing that worries me the most in terms of Miami going there and, and maybe getting beaten up front. Well, our friend Cameron Wolf who 
knows tons of people Best inside friend. the Dolphins. He was told that Armstead has been telling people he's, he's aiming to play. I guess it matters what version of, of him you get. But when he went out last week, to your point, Tua was sacked like three times in a row. And like they, had, they pulled him out of the game, not just because they were up by so much, but he was getting killed. So it was like, that is a huge kind of Jenga piece, as Dave Damashek would say for them. There is a, a strange weather thing here. There's like a 70% chance of rain in this game right now. Uh, which I think would change a lot. And the Niners on defense have allowed Hmm. under 200 yards in three of their last four games. So I think that matchup, just this defense, I know everyone's going to talk about the offenses, but the Niners, one of the best defenses in the league right now, right there with Dallas and others. How do they put the clamps on Miami? I think that's just the situation week after week. Miami's just overpowering people with their wide receivers. It's like no one's been able to stop them. And if if Miami does what what it's able to do, is this Niners offense, which I love, I mean, they're so weapons-rich, can they hang around with the Dolphins, who have been blowing people out in the first half, game after game? Yeah, so I think I would be stunned if they continue to do what they do uh, to all these bad teams that they've been beating up on. But even if there is, there's going to be some resistance because San Francisco, they're a really good team, San Francisco. So, But can Miami still do what they want to do and, and put San Francisco in a position where if you're going to beat us, you're going to have to score 28 points. And then it's like then you're putting pressure on Jimmy G to be uh, a guy that has to be maybe a little different than the good times Jimmy G when the defense is kicking ass and then all he has to do is just make a few plays. I'm interested to see what's going on in the backfield for San Francisco because I'm looking at the practice uh, injury report from Wednesday. CMC uh, did not practice. He's dealing with some knee irritation. We know, of course, Elijah Mitchell is back on IR with an MCL sprain, uh, and that could change the way Kyle Shanahan uh, attacks the Dolphins, and I think it plays into Miami's uh, benefit. So I I just want to watch how the defenses approach each of these offenses because if you were any other coach, wouldn't you watch that and – Try to mimic it as much as possible. No one knows Kyle Shanahan's offense better than Mike McDaniel. He he was the guy that that Kyle Shanahan did not want to leave. That was there forever. And and this 49ers team, the defensive personnel, the defensive coaching staff, Mike McDaniel was there for all of it. So don't you want to see what he puts out there as the best way he thinks to stop the Kyle Shanahan offense? And vice versa. I, I think you have to do it with more man coverage than most teams have thrown at um, at the Dolphins this season. People try to play zone and back up and just not let the big play be. It doesn't matter because they just will kill you in chunks of 17 to 20. And both of these teams are built to play man coverage. Miami's a little thinner, certainly, in the secondary. But I, I think you'll see a little bit more of that. And I think you'll see Tua's ability to read the field as quickly tested. He's becoming one of the best quarterbacks in the league at getting to a second, third progression really quickly and getting the ball out. And like, he's really developed fast, faster than Jimmy Garoppolo did, for instance, in this system. But what can San Francisco do to maybe hold, make him hold the ball a little longer and just gummy, gummy up his mental. I love what you said, because it really is sort of Shanahan versus Shanahan, like man versus self, because it's almost like Mike McDaniel, uh, was like his rib pulled out, like the old Adam and Eve scenario, that he sort of is just a little Shanahan in a way, a miniature Shanahan, and we'll see what happens. And this, Dan, you've been waiting for like the 
Tua electric Kool-Aid acid test. You've been waiting for this moment. Like, this is the matchup you've been talking about for weeks where if Tua comes out of this looking like he's had when he's gone 8-0 when he's been a full-time starter from start to finish at games, destroying teams like the Patriots, like making Bill Belichick look like he cannot solve Tua, no one else can. If he can do it to the Niners, then the Tua narrative, I think, changes drastically for the people that are still doubting him. Yeah, uh, the ceiling has no roof if you light up the uh, San Francisco 49ers, the Borrow a Jordanism, uh, but I guess I, it seems to me. Tell me if I'm wrong that I'm the only one that does have any doubts at this point. Are you guys fully confident that Miami's going to light up whoever they play? Well, certainly not if they're missing both their starting offensive tackles. But right. I don't have much doubt that they are one of the best three offenses in the league, no matter who they're playing. And Did, whether no that's enough them. to carry them to win a Super Bowl, I, I don't know. But I put them in the same category as the Chiefs, and I would put the two see, of those. That's where I totally disagree because, like, what? where do they get that type of love when you blow out Houston, Cleveland, Chicago, and Detroit? But they are blowing them out. Because, the, yeah, but the sign of great offense is the worst teams, defenses in like, football. No, no one else is doing that, though. And, the, and I just look at the players, and I look how comfortable Tua is. I don't disagree that there's a lot of talent here and they've put things together, but I think this is desperately needed in the NFL to see the Dolphins against a okay. big-time team. Well, That's they're four-point underdogs excited. here. Who would you – Who would you? I guess you would take the 49ers. Yeah, because I'm going to uh, – well, shoot. I mean, yeah, I, I think the Niners, just because I like them so much on both sides of the ball at home here, if it was in Miami, maybe I would see it more as a field goal game the other way, but – I'm open. My mind is open to the idea of the Dolphins. Yeah, like just boat racing another team, and then all of a sudden we're looking. Is this the best team in football? Like what? that. That's what can come out of this game potentially. I think you're right, but also I think we we're, are they the Chiefs? Are they the Bills on offense? Well, it's like the Bills and Chiefs. The the Chiefs last week couldn't score touchdowns. They they're they're not in, right, but they're they not have a track record they, of success over years. Sure, right. sure, but I mean like I the, just mean the this Bills season. Are, are not slump proof. But right now, like show me someone that can stop Miami. And also, it's a first-year scheme with a first-year coach. They haven't really gone. They, I know they were quieter in some right. games, but like in another world, you'd be giving them mulligans and excuses because all these players are coming together for the first time in this system. Instead, they're electrifying teams. I, I I like the Dolphins to win. I certainly like them to cover four points. But the Armstead thing to me is is so big that that might you know flip my pick at the end of the week. All right, mm-hmm. the number three overall pick is. Oh, we got a lock. Hang on a second. Not so fast, Dan. All we right. have a lock. What do we got, Gravedigger? <laughs> Gentlemen, I'm back after last week's hiatus. I want to apologize to all my fans out there. <laughs> I know you missed me last week. The brothers and I had uh, nice plans to get together, put together a nice holiday vet message to everyone. I hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving. Sorry we couldn't do that message for you. <laughs> Unfortunately, the flu ran right through a couple of my brothers. The same way the Jets ran right through the Bears. There you go. Yeah, that's right. We locked that one up. <laughs> Brings us back to six and six. Three games back of Greg, who we know is going to crumble. He's not real competition. He's a paper giant, just like the New York Giants. They are garbage. That's not who we're going with, though, this week. Oh, no. Oh, no. We're going out west. Dolphins go out west to take on the 49ers. I called the Dolphins imposters earlier in the year, right before the Bengals whipped them. We got that lock right, and we're getting this one right. The 49ers roll. Lock it up. All right. Wow, so it's I'm, gutsy. I'm not the only – it is a very gutsy lock. I respect uh, Nick for that, uh, but I'm not the only one in his little wait-and-see mode here. 
No, but you're not. Let's wait and see. There's Nick and there's Nick's ego, two separate um, individuals at this point. I think Nick is. You I know, couldn't even get on social media for the past week without just getting inundated with just where was Nick's uh, video? No, where was the relentless, where is the relentless brother? questioning? Yeah. People felt there was a void in their lives. Also, Nick noting our strong uh, season that we've had so far in terms of listenership coincides with his being a, a more active part of the show. Does not believe that's a coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I agree with Nick. I think that is it. All right, let's take a break, and then we'll continue on with the draft. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb. Tuning out all the constant. Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. All right, here we go. Pick three. Old Zeuser moves back to number three in a blockbuster deal. And yeah, you could do the, you could figure it out. You could deduce this that in a loaded week, I thought I could move back and still get Jets at Vikings and, and pick up some assets down the line. And that's what I'm doing here. So, Jets at Vikings, a great showdown here uh, between a rising Jet team playing that's going to enter Sunday with a ton, a butt ton of confidence. Uh, after they make the QB switch, and then Mike White goes off and has one of the best quarterback games by a Jet in years. Now, just like I was saying with the Dolphins, you got to kind of be wary of who the opponent was before you go all in on the Jets' offense now and say, oh, the Jets are fine. They they've they benched Zach Wilson, and now their offense is good. Uh-uh. I'm not there yet, and any Jets fan that is there and is all the way in now, you're just setting yourself up for a potential uh, disappointment because – 
there is absolutely a reality where Mike White comes down to earth and the Jets offense comes down to earth in a tough environment on the road against the Vikings. Now, the environment is tough. The Vikings are, what, 9-2? and two, mm-hmm. So that's a winning team. They've won every score, one, uh, uh, one score game they've played this year, which is screaming for a regression check, but that's who they are this season. But their defense is not very good. Um, I think they're 30th in uh, yardage allowed in the league. I think they um, are, in general, statistically, depending on what you look at uh, for your numbers, they're kind of a bottom third defense. So it does set up well for Mike White and the Jets to move the ball again. And I think then you get into a situation where, all right, if the Jets do score some points and they're keeping those wide receivers involved and maybe maybe they have a chance here if that defense – can lock up Kirk Cousins. And I'll, I'll throw it to you on this one, Mark, because Cousins uh, had a nice game on Thanksgiving, um, but you had been talking about this. He hasn't had a great season overall. And against the Jet defense with Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed, he I could see him potentially having some issues here with the New York defense playing with a lot of confidence, feeling like they're the underdog going on the road here. Yeah, I mean, Sauce Gardner is rookie of the year material in a runaway like it's in sort of a he runaway an candidate. I, 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 he is number one according to Pro Football Focus and uh, coverage numbers for yeah, cornerbacks. He's allowed 57 receiving yards in man coverage. So I, for me, the Vikings are kind of not a one-trick pony because they're talented on offense. There's names there, but if you can remove or get Justin Jefferson to two-thirds of his production or half his production, I think you beat the Vikings. And and in like to flip it to to. Mike White real quick. I mean, one thing that I don't think will go away, and I think people are like pointing to the Bills collapse he had last year. It was like he played really well, but then he's the variable is you go into a, a, get, a better defense and you utterly collapse. I don't think that's going to happen to Mike White in general. I just see a quarterback who functions really well in what should be a really quarterback-friendly offense. I mean, he's, he's, he's going to do last week over and over. You play the, the Bears. That's a disastrous defense. So it's going to be up and down, but it's so much more productive than Zach Wilson. He seems so much more aware, engaged, understanding what he's supposed to do. And the offense just seems to me so much more they're adequate through the air. And that's all they need to be with him because this defense is truly special. And we're looking at a, the, a Vikings defense flip side that made Mac Jones look more than productive on Thanksgiving. It was Mac Jones' best day by far this season. And Mac Jones has been struggling all year. So I think it's a good situation for Mike White to continue to some degree. And I think if you can take out Justin Jefferson, bye-bye Vikings. Yeah, you look at the rest of the schedule, and I don't think there is some big reckoning for Mike White. I guess the Bills game, they've mostly been good defensively. Uh, but other than that, the schedule is very favorable. And I don't necessarily assume he's just a game manager that's going to be a, a lower third quarterback. He made some really good throws last week. It, that has nothing to do with the opponent. People always just throw out a game because of the opponent. He made a couple big-time throws, one on the move, some with some heat. He got rid of the ball quickly. That maybe has to do with the opponent because your receivers are open so quickly, but it's decision-making. He got rid of the ball in 2.38 seconds on average time to throw. That's faster than any game of Zach Wilson's career. And Zach Wilson had some games where it was over three seconds. And, and, and right. Zach Wilson had that one game against the Bills where he kind of followed the instructions and got rid of the ball as fast as he could. That was close to that. But I think Mike White's going to do it in the regular scheme of the offense where he's still getting to his second and third reads. And this Vikings defense is soft. 
I mean, it just is. They play soft coverage. They are desperately trying to prevent the big pass and that they still end up giving it up. There's there's very little that they excel at. I think they've really missed uh, Dalvin Tomlinson when, when he's been out of the lineup uh, over the last handful of weeks. They're just they're not very tough. I, I, I think the, that's a mismatch. So, that yes, and what you're, everything you're saying makes sense about White here. The the pessimist that's it's been beaten into me over the years is because we did see two years ago or one year ago, Mike White have the big game. Everybody get excited. Then the next game, he gets hurt immediately. Then the game after that, he bombs against a playoff Bills team. So you just, I think it, part of me is like, ooh, don't don't get sucked in. But so many things about this game, I really do think set up well for the Jets. I feel like they're going to win the game, kiss of death. I think they're, and if they do, it really changes the complexion of the season for them and, and changes how I think a lot of people will view the Jets. The Vikings, on the flip side, if you, you get the, you beat the Patriots on Thanksgiving night, but if you sandwich that with losses to the Jets and a blowout loss to the Cowboys, they really come down to earth in terms of well, they're how in a you weird spot playoff picture wise because they're going to win this division. They could win it as soon as right. this week. I, they, they're in theory competing for the one seed, and I'm sure they yeah. want that. But I just don't see them as that sort of team. So they're going to end up somewhere between. And I think one thing that we could have said about the Dolphins, and we can say it about the Jets, and we can say it about the Vikings. This is the first time that these coaching staffs have ever been in these big January games Mike McDaniel's talking about. And the Vikings players have been in them more often, certainly. They have some veterans on this team that have been in big moments. But it is it is a new experience for a team as a whole. And you don't totally know how the Jets and the and I would throw the Vikings and their coaching staff and their team, how they're going to respond when they actually get to the important is part of the show season. show me Sunday? Ooh, I like that. I think it is. Show me something. Dolphins, we, we, Jets, we Vikings, many waited. other teams we're going to yeah. go through here. We no patiently Christian. waited on a, on a title, and we came up with one. We didn't rush it. No Christian Derrissaw uh, in this game. He's coming off another concussion, so he is not expected to return. And you know, he's their key left tackle for the Vikings, and that just really sets up because the rest of the Vikings' offensive line, they're good at right tackle, but now you've got a problem at left tackle. They're not really good in the middle where the Jets are, are great, and so that's that's a lot of mismatches. Jets have quietly been bad um, at running back since Brees Hall's knee injury, and they addressed that or attempted to address it against Chicago with successful results. They, they made... Uh, James Robinson, a healthy scratch, and then activated Bam White, Zonovan Knight, who immediately had a 100-yard game. Ty Johnson had a rushing touchdown. They need to have that balance um, and have a running game that works. It makes such a big difference. And one issue with the Jets' defense lately has been tackling. They've been having issues with missed tackles, and Dalvin Cook obviously could be a major problem if they don't wrap up. But I feel good about it. I feel. I think you should feel good. I feel... 34-24. Is he going to do it? Mm. I'm not. I will be locking up the Jets at some point this season. Uh, it won't be this week. I'm not quite there I think yet. You sh- I think you should. I, I think it would really tell Greg and I something about your... Do you want that? You want that to to risk me going into a Sunday night show off a bad Jets loss where I also lost. I'll take the loss. risk. You're going to be sad if they lose either way. So what's the difference? I picked them. I really like them. Plus, what are they? Three in, three in this game? Plus yeah, three and a so. half. No uh, swallow the sadness Sunday this week. But I took no. them straight up on game picks. I'm a, I'm you know a what? true Vikings believer fans there. Are, so Dan. we're all in. Vikings fans are hating us right now. I think they're better. Vikings fans are hating us right now. I know they are, but they have to acknowledge that they're. if you study what they've done, if you pop the hood, 
that there are reasons to question their, this team they despite are, their they record. Are lich- this would be in their a, chops for a blowout win over the Jets in a playoff. That birth. would be a, that would be a very important game for them. Yeah, Th- that's a show me Sunday game. Yep. Okay, you know what, Mark? You're up with the fourth pick. I mean, I can't believe I'm getting this with the fourth pick. This is this is why this welcome, trade buddy. worked out for me. I, I'm getting Titans at Eagles. There you I, go. I, I misunderstood the whole trade. Yeah. This I mean, you know, it's like the next day. It's 1988. You read your USA Today, and they uh-huh. tell you already, like one day after the draft, who won the I'm re- draft. I'm regretting my whole strategy. I'm re- I should have taken this game. You Sessler wouldn't have wins taken the draft. another like game. USA Today. Got it. Got him. That's how this works. Uh, I mean, this is the AJ Brown revenge game. I think this is sort of a revenge game. It's also a think- Sessler revenge game on the criticism from Rosenthal uh, well, at the top of the gonna, show. I, that's going to be the entire day. I blew the draft. <laughs> that will be the entire day. <laughs> USA Today, Ru- you know, <laughs> Rudy Martsky is right about it everywhere. <laughs> I, I, the reason I think Tennessee is a chance here, and I, I didn't like seeing like Tannehill hobbling around last week. I just don't think he's healthy. Uh, he's one of the toughest quarterbacks in the league. I mean, he's w- so willing to fire the ball downfield when he's taking a total shot right in his face mask getting knocked to the he's ground. He's a tough dude. Derrick Henry, though, you can run on the Eagles. It's the one thing you can do. They still don't have Jordan Davis. The Linval Joseph, the Dominican Sioux thing, I think it's helped them. But it's not completely solved the fact that the Eagles can be run on. And I think this just this Titans offense is really relatively so basic that it really comes down to what you get out of Derrick Henry in this game. And he has been, in December and January, an unstoppable force for years in a row. And the Eagles right now, to me, that's your vulnerability. And can you stop the Eagles in reverse? I trust the Titans. I mean, you look, they, they were out physical by the Bengals last week. We talked about that. I don't, they've got to hate how that game went down. But they have found a way. They are a matchup defense. We've seen this week after week. And I, I cannot wait to see what Mike Rabel does against A.J. Brown, but against this all very versatile Eagles offense that last week put it on Green Bay. How exhausted and winded was that Packers defense by the end of that game? They were physically and spiritually broken by what the Eagles did on the ground. So I love this matchup. I am with you. I, I wonder if the, the Titans are a little humbled by that game where they're, they're not expecting the Bengals to come in and push them around a little and, and stuff them on the ground. I'm with you that the Titans defense is going to, throw something different at Jalen Hurts, and I think at least minimize their running attack and somehow force Philadelphia to to win throwing the ball and from the pocket. But good luck. It's like Hurts has been very aggressive, and I've seen some... You know, numbers and some tape watchers pointing out that, like, yeah, Hertz isn't a top five quarterback throwing the ball this year, but he's like top ten to twelve, along with being one of the most efficient runners in the league and, and a great decision maker about when to run and when not to. Like Tua, I think he's very good with the ball handling, but obviously, unlike Tua, he brings that added element as a physical runner. And the Packers were almost begging him to run. I think the Titans will prevent that from happening and make him win, throwing it to A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith. Without Goddard, I don't think they're quite as dynamic uh, a passing team. And this game, to your point, Mark, I think could be a little more defensive uh, on both sides, really, than than the last few Eagles I feel like people that are picking on Hurts as not a complete passer, because he's such a good threat on the ground, are not watching Jalen Hurts' games. Right. I just think he's... he's absolutely grown as a passer and he's more than adequate and he's had games where his accuracy has been incredible. We, uh, one thing that's not getting a lot of uh, attention is bringing Gravedigger on this one. 
Derrick Henry's in a little bit of a slump uh, rushing the football. Uh, his last three games, he's averaged 2.8, 3.1, and 2.2 yards per attempt. Uh, I know he has done some damage through the air in the receiving game. Uh, Graver, do you put anything into that? Is it is it matchup-based? Is it just one of those things in a long season, or is there something we need to know? A little bit of all of that. Um, ben Jones has missed the last two games, the starting center and the Titans' clear best offensive lineman. He's back at practice now, so it looks like he's going to play in this game. And also, teams have been defending the Titans a little bit differently over the past few weeks. They've been breaking out these 5-1 and 6-1 defensive fronts. Look at you. That basically fill all the gaps. The Titans love the outside zone running scheme where you have the option to go outside, cut up inside, or cut it back. Um, to the backside, and with the 6-1 defensive line fronts, it's like plugging up all the gaps and not allowing the Titans linemen to climb to the second level. So Tennessee's got to figure something out. They either got to run a little bit more power, they got to execute these blocks that are tough to execute, but, I mean, they're obviously aware that teams are going to start playing them this way, and we'll see or if... find a can... way to open up the passing game in a way that, that causes defenses yeah. to have to you react to that. Traylon Burks the last couple of weeks, and, and Tannehill talked about how his preparation has been such a big difference maker. We, on the offseason, it was like, is this guy plugged in or not? Yeah. He's been growing. In the tweak. NFL films, you know, they release those like mic'd up segments from every game every week, and they had a moment between Vrabel and Traylon Burks after Burks recovered the fumble, mm-hmm. where Burks was like, I'm sorry, Coach, that was my man that I missed my block. He's the one that punched the ball out of Derrick Henry's hands. And Vrabel's like, but what'd you do after that? You ran down, you hustled, you dove on the ball, and he scored his first NFL touchdown recovering a fumble in the end zone. Um, I am not necessarily confident, but I am going to lock up the Titans in this game. Look at that. That is gutsy. This is called value. See, every other lockable game on this slate. Sean Kelly with a double Thumbs down behind you, the Eagles fan. <laughs> Not yeah. a fan of it. Uh, every other game on this slate would be worth one potential lock win for me, but this one is worth one and a half. That's true. So I'd be he stupid one not to He take gets it. his half back from that shameful I don't remember this loss. going by any sort of a – this was a, a, a uh, renegade just Greg scenario. Guys, yeah, just because you guys have some Fugazi bond does not mean yeah. that Greg <laughs> carries any extra weight. It's been – It's. I think he's trying to make up for the shame yeah. of that lock, and I think – that's a smart move because right, he just, has been shamed. You don't get any extra credit, but uh, you you earn our respect by getting behind your team. I didn't have the guts to do it. You did, and I, I respect As a decent-sized underdog, yeah, which doesn't make sense to me. I think this is a coin flip game. I think that's too many, Philly too. Too many points. Yep. Five and a half points. I think one of their problems, though, Gravedigger, dealing with that those heavy fronts is that Ryan Tannehill – isn't as mobile coming off of the ankle injury. I thought he actually looked good when he did move last week, but they haven't had him rolling out as much. His legs are one of the reasons why they're one of the great red zone teams of all time over the last three years with Tannehill. That's where he likes to run. So I think you need to work and they've that struggled. In more. They've struggled in the red zone. They were 0 for 3 against the Bengals. Right. I mean, you convert one of those three trips into a touchdown, and it's a totally different they game. Need, they need him to run. I do think they got to feel good. They finally have the cornerback group that they've wanted all season, healthy and rolling a little bit, the Titans. So they have Fulton, they have McCreary, they have Elijah Molden. That's a good young group. You have a good safety combo. They, I think they'll feel pretty confident that they can win some of those one-on-one matchups and and, and dare the Eagles to well, try to beat Well, let's be real, though. If you if you fall in back-to-back weeks to the Bengals and, and Eagles, you're a lower-tier yeah, operation. You're more of a middle tier. I don't think so. You're a 7-5 and five uh, tier. I mean, no, I think you need to win one of these games. I, I And you That's know what? All. I I like your choice here because I feel like if we've learned anything from Tennessee over the last couple of years, this feels like a game they go and get after they couldn't get the Cincinnati game. And in general, I'm just looking ahead. 
The AFC playoffs are going to be banging Wild. this year. I mean, every team. Maybe even better than this week's games. Let's not go crazy. Oh, okay. And tune in on Sunday sure. to the podcast to get the full rundown. Uh, but all of these teams are really fun to watch. I don't think we're going to have any. Like the NFC, look out. Cause you're going to have like. Snooze fest. Some snore NFC South team in there. And there's going to be, you know. But in the AFC. That's homina, the yin homina. and the yang of the NFL season, Dan. By the way, it's Absolutely. Dehenber. Well, Oh no! Why are we? What is is Dehember? I'm not even gonna. Derrick Henry's numbers in December are outlandish compared to his numbers in all other months. We mentioned that. And why would? Yeah, we mentioned because previously mentioned. Titans fans call it Dehember, and we need to make it a national thing. Why are you guys so bad at like naming things? Terrible branding. Terrible branding by the Titans fan base. Just wanted it to be on the podcast. (laughs) So you had had the tickle. That will be the social clip from the from the show too. The the lone social clip that goes out will be this. It'll be from my personal account, but yes, I will. Post Remember that. the tragedy that was the uh, Tennessee Tickle Monsters? Yeah, it was more than a tragedy. I think it rages on still. I think it hurt a, Justin's career, to yeah. be quite honest. And now we have Dehember. Yeah. Standing by hurt, it all. Hurt his career. <laughs> all right, let's move on. Uh, Greggy. I'm, I'm struggling here. I, I messed it. this up. <laughs> I'm getting a D minus on the draft. Len Pascarelli's writing articles about how I didn't P. get I didn't get the card in on time. Yeah, no, you had issues, you know. Because I should have taken Titans Eagles and you wouldn't have taken the late game and I, I would have had both of the great games, but I'm taking Giants Commanders here. That's the other game between winning uh teams That's just in as the good. morning. It's in the morning. <laughs> it's not good at all. You know what? When they didn't get that card in, yeah. uh the Vikings, the Vikings and they yeah. messed it up. Yeah. You know yeah. who they got? Uh, Kevin Williams, I think, who might have his number retired in Minnesota. He had such a good career. So that's what this game is going to be. We know it's coming down to the final uh, few minutes because every Commander's game does. That used to be what happened in every Giants game uh, until they started uh, playing the team of ATL in in a rolling Mm -hmm, Cowboys mm -hmm. team. But I think it will come down to the end. It's a monster game for the Giants because they're getting healthier here. They're at home. And I think everyone in New York, uh, in in the media, has been panicking, being like, suddenly they might not make the playoffs and things are falling apart. It's like, calm down. They they lost two to to fall to seven and four. You lose to the Commanders at home, then I think you've got some real problems. The Commanders are a better overall team, though. Their run defense and their front line on defense is the best unit in this game. They have more talent offensively than the Giants. So if... Our guy, uh, Brian Dable, wants to win Coach of the Year. People like to give out these awards so early. He's got to win a game like this where, look, you don't have to win 12 games, but you got to at least beat the commanders at home, stop the bleeding. If they lose this game, I think it becomes very realistic that the Giants fall right out of the playoffs. I don't like this matchup yeah. for New York. A, Saquon ah. Barkley has not been Saquon Barkley for two weeks in a row, and you look through the course of the season – the one thing that Washington's done consistently is shut down the run. They allowed 72 yards to the Eagles in week three. They played Philly again on that Monday night game, that incredible victory. Just 94 yards. They've done it to the Vikings. They did it to the Packers. They've done it to the Cowboys as well. And last week, they did it to the Falcons. So Not it's really, like, though. No, the, Falcons the Falcons actually Falcons look pretty actually, good. I'm looking at the numbers, so the Falcons were better. But that said, this is their strength. I mean, I yep. think if you can take away not only Saquon Barkley, but you remove the threat of Daniel Jones on the ground, what do the Giants have? Because I thought last week when the Cowboys started to turn on the Jets against New York and you put Daniel Jones in a situation where you need to make a couple throws, it didn't happen. Wait, so you're like out Daniel on the Jones. Giants now, it sounds I, like. I'm just saying they're vulnerable in this matchup. Oh, they're vulnerable. Think, these are two teams that I think no one wants to believe in. 
and I kind of get it, but I think that Washington he loves carries Heineke. certain traits. We I do like Heineke. I don't. I'm not saying he's Aaron Rodgers 2.0, but I think he's changed the energy on that offense. To me, that stuff matters. I think uh, I think Brian Robinson's emergence is more important than Heineke, just because Heineke, I think, is what he is. Heineke is up and down type quarterback who is just easier to root for than Carson Wentz. I feel like that's the biggest difference in a lot of ways between those isn't guys. That, what, isn't that making football more enjoyable if you're I mean, a Washington fan? I'm just not going to go crazy about like Their numbers Taylor are worse. Also, I mean, like, they're, they're one of the worst offenses enjoyable. in the league. But there are, there are no doubt about it. They mo- one of the most run-heavy offenses. They are the most run-heavy offense in the league since Heineke's been in there. So there you go. And that's what, what I mean is like if this is who Ryan Robinson is going to be going forward if he could stay healthy. That's a huge, huge benefit uh. for Washington. And I, I think with the – sometimes I was, I was thinking about this earlier in the week. Are we now seeing the Giants and Commanders basically like switching their season identities where we're going to see Washington continue to just win games in close fashion by just being physical and, and just making the play when it needs to be made? Because I do think Washington is a team that is – Better, more, even though their record isn't as good, I think they're in better position here to take that wild card spot than the Giants. And they're only half a game back, so they'll be no, better yeah. after this. They week. have a bye, and then they play the Giants again. So I want to see what they show this, what these teams show each other this, this week. This is a good know? show me Sunday game, yeah, for both teams because I think a lot of people are expecting the Giants to fold now, and a lot of people now are. I think Washington is getting some positive pop, like, hey, look at the Commanders. Now, if you get spanked by the Giants here and the Giants take a commanding no lead in the playoff here. race, then it's going to be a different vibe. But, yeah, I do want, like I would like Washington to keep it going here. You know who popped up in that Thanksgiving, though, was our friend Kayvon Thibodeau. Great, great game. Uh, nine pressures in that game. It, they need some defensive. Our, cl- our close friend, Greg. A very close friend. Something uh, that they can rely on because the worst group in this game, you think it's the Giants offense, but numbers wise, by far, it's the Giants defense. And part of that has been their boomer bust mentality where they just blitz like crazy and they've gotten crushed for it a handful of times. Uh, Part of it's just personnel and they've been injured and they are healthier. So... I think this is a tough Giants team to prepare for the first time because I think on both sides of the ball, they have very unique schemes. So to me, it's a coaching game, and they need to have the better coaching team uh, to win it. But Heineke's so lucky, man. I'm getting annoyed actually now. Why? Because to me, he's one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. I'd say he's probably played played worse than Wentz. Their offense has been worse by any, like, he is by far the NFL leader in turnover-worthy plays, worse than Zach Wilson. He's just know. more likely. He's uh, a, Greg, he's a gunslinger. They've just been dropping. Just a gunslinger. I feel like he's bad Brett Favre. He's just due <laughs> for uh, a game where everything goes wrong for him, and I could see this being the game. Okay. Yeah, but by, I picked I, the Giants I would just say this, I'm with you, Giants. I've only picked you once all year. And that was against the Texans, but I'm with you this. This week. whole th- like I I don't <laughs> totally disagree with what you're saying about Heineke being like there. He, he some of those plays had they gone the other way, he's got like 12 interceptions right. something. But Carson Wentz is equally capable of totally imploding in a big spot. So they're they're just kind of riding the hot hand. I have no problem. He's ten times more enjoyable to watch for me. So the that's all I care about. Ten times. Then Carson Wentz. I don't know. Like, I know, guess I just don't see. Really I don't see it. Heineke is command. being an exciting. <laughs> well, guy it's to a watch. personal choice. I know. Uh, Giants were six and one. They have lost uh, three of five. If they don't win this game, uh, and it becomes four of five, then they get the Eagles, and it's five of six. And all of a sudden, the wheels are coming off. So the Giants yeah. need to win this game. Let's see if they can do it. Let's take a break, and we will. Oh, by the way, one more thing. As I go to check the Giants' schedule, I see an article 
to the right. Uh-huh. Uh, OBJ free agency, colon, Cowboys, Bills, Giants, Stars, entice wide receiver. And a picture of Beckham next to Von Miller, like courtside at a basketball game. flashing. This is exactly what I'm talking about. What What is with the... What? Why is this such a huge story? I. Oh, we he, know. We know why. He's in the. He's with the Giants Thursday, like on a practice day uh, in the middle of the season. Like we're, we're tracking out. like every move of this man. Right. I think you need to. You need to spend some time disengaging with the narrative because it's going to just be more tedious becoming, by the day. It's becoming an issue for me personally. <laughs> I, I acknowledge that as so. All right. Let me just check. Uh, Maybe read the article online to us. So tell us. Never. What, you know, oh, that's, I thought that's where you, where you were going. Uh, let's see. Let's take a break. <laughs> we'll be right back. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think you could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what yeah. I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant. Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Welcome back. It is time now for the Sunday Drive presented by Toyota. And we are going to drive all the way to the desert. Greg's future hometown, mm. where the Las Vegas Raiders will meet the Los Angeles Chargers. Interesting game. A show-me game for a couple teams. The, you know, speaking of the desert, they have this game completely even. Coin flip. And I think that's accurate because you have a Chargers team who I want to buy into. I want to believe in. I haven't been able to do it all year, uh, but the way they won that game in Arizona, that is fun. That's mm-hmm. like maybe that's a light switch type game, and 
And I don't know, is Mike Williams, is he just off the grid again? Like, what is his He's situation? He's not practicing, and that's not a good right. more time with him, I think. We're here. We're here in the same place with Williams. But you got Keenan Allen back, and Justin Herbert is looking more and more like Justin Herbert every week. And then you have the Raiders. And I, and I look at the Raiders' upcoming schedule, and I say, man, if they can I'm not saying anything here. I ain't saying nothing here. But what I am saying is if the Charger, if the Raiders beat the Chargers. You love the Raiders. The Raiders have a chance to get into this playoff race. What? Uh, yes, they absolutely can. <laughs> they, after, if they win, if they beat the Chargers, they're 5-7. and seven. Then they get the Rams. They're 6-7. and seven. Then they're home against the Patriots. They're 6-8. Doable. And eight. They're 7-7. Seven and seven. At Pittsburgh, 8-7. and seven. And then... San Francisco, KC. I mean, that's, like, that's where the journey ends. But, but all I'm saying is they will be... You think you can get to eight and seven? They will be in the in-the-hunt category, but they have to win this game. And I don't know if this is a team that has the ability to grasp the moment. It feels like everything about them doesn't grasp the moment, but they certainly have grasped the moment in the last two overtimes. That, I mean, I feel like you spun some fiction with this, like rattling off win no, after win. To, you know, well, the predictions are. I, I see a team that is also totally capable of like a personal explosion in the wrong way, and completely the floor totally falling out. I think right now, Justin Herbert last week because it was the two previous games against the Chiefs and the Niners, two chances to win in the final moments, two Justin Herbert interceptions. Last week was just a breakthrough effort for me. I know they've been saying he's healthy. So he actually looked healthy to me last week. It helps to get Keenan Allen back, but it was more up to me just about the play of Justin Herbert. And to me, that is the difference in this game. If you can keep Max Crosby at bay, and their line's got some issues. Nobody can do that, though. No, he's been incredible. He but should it's be just the like, defensive player of the year, by the way. He has been unbelievable Yeah, I think year. he's got to be in the right in the mix there, top three. No. I'm giving Number it to one. Parsons. I mean, Micah Parsons. But I think I those would, would my be my two edge rushers. Let's compare for the all pro team. data points. So the all pro team, I think those Miles might Garrett's be your two. In the, in the mix. He's in the mix. Get Miles Garrett out of here. Well, I know, but you would never vote for Miles Garrett. So why not? I don't know why. I just know you wouldn't. Well, I feel all like you are all here on this podcast all year long. Oh, the Browns! What a disgrace! Their defense is fire. Everybody. Well, it's now him we're going to give else. the defensive player He's of the year. He's played great, well, but Parsons to me. Has been on another level. <laughs> Just said he's in the mix. This offensive line. <laughs> he's you, done. <laughs> you mentioned they have issues. Corey Lindsley is the biggest one. So when mm-hmm. Corey Lindsley, their center, has not been on the field this year, they have not been nearly as good. And you could see it in that Arizona game. Granted, they weren't prepared because he got hurt during the game. It was another concussion. You're seeing some of these Oofa. offensive linemen have multiple concussions. Darisaw was one. Lindsley is another. Trey Pipkins is also out of practice, who has been in and out, but at least would would be playing for them at tackle. So then you're on your third tackle. It's concerning, their injury situation. Herbert is the difference. I agree with you. They're putting so much on his plate. I think he's played really well since the bye. Uh, I think they're putting like a Drew Brees, Tom Brady in their primes level of responsibility on Herbert, where he's just reading everything. He's second in the league in attempts. He's just throwing the ball despite them having their bye week. And they're asking so much. And I think that can work against the Raiders. I, I, I have a really hard time picking this game, though. Like, I don't know. All these injuries worry me about the Chargers and make me lean slightly 
Las Vegas. I don't know, the one... If Lindsley's out and Williams is out, Derwin James didn't practice. I don't think that's a serious problem, but that's it's a little. Josh concerning. Jacobs is also limited in practice with a calf, so that's something to keep an eye on after his 300-yard game. The Raiders could also potentially get back Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro, who were designated to return off IR, but it, they have two games here with a Thursday night game coming up in in five days, so that's that's uncertain. If, as if well. Jacobs is healthy, the Chargers right now are allowing 5.6 yards per carry. 14 all-purpose touchdowns in 11 games. They are getting gashed on the ground week after week. So that sets up really well. But on the flip side, and I really like Patrick Graham and what he's done in the past, but this Raiders pass defense is a disaster. They're allowing a league-high 72 completion percentage and the fourth most yards per attempt in the league. And Herbert's yards per attempt have been down. It's because he throws 45 right. times a game, and they're asking DeAndre Carter to win on the outside, and right. he's kind of doing it's it, a, which it's is definitely amazing. definitely environment, but, <laughs> but I mean, this is, an, this is a, a tasty bit, matchup for Herbert. You're being a little bit the defensive um, Josh, Justin Herbert media guy right now. Every time anything slightly critical comes up, but this and that and this and that. Well, he's just I, a social media quarterback. Though. I mean, I, I, I think uh, I think he's played well. I think he's been a top 10 quarterback this year, but I think their running game is their short passing game, and that'll change how you do it. I mean, they had, they didn't even try to run last week. They're just they're just throwing these little you know screens and Who, who'd you pick? to Eckler. Online, I took the Raiders, but I sometimes I change them late in the week. I took the Raiders in this game. How about you? The defenses are equally Chargers. bad. Yeah. Although, you know what? Like, when I call the Raiders like a high variance, you have no idea what they're going to do. Well, that's the Chargers. I think 31 30 is a Raiders game, another mm-hmm. close game. Part, Part of the reason I took the Raiders football. was like they'd lost in week one, and I was like, well, these teams just feel like they should split. And that was the Sunday Drive presented by Toyota. Um, all right. Up next in the draft is Mark Sessler, who uh, receives the uh, pick from the old Zeuser in that blockbuster trade, in case you're just tuning in. Yeah, that's the eighth time Dan's gone third person there uh, during our episode. Uh, I'm going to go Cleveland and Houston. Um, it's obviously, I think, a little bit, as a as sort of an ex-Browns fan, uh, I, I want to just see what this looks like, but I got to okay. say, like, I really will miss. Now you're back to being an ex-Browns fan. Well, I really will miss Jacoby (laughs) Brissett. And I know we talked about him a little bit on Sunday night, but I don't know what more you could have asked him to do. I think he's like literally, like we talked about being right in the middle of the league quarterback-wise. And he he earned that. He did it through his play. It's his best play of his career. And I I honestly think, like if you're Deshaun Watson, we're going to get Deshaun Watson now against Houston, which is a real weird uh, opening chapter for that whole thing. Um, I think your challenge to go and outplay Brissett, but also coming out of last week, like those players love Brissett so much. And Kevin Stefanski said it's, he's never been around a better teammate in all his time in football. And so you're now going to plug into Sean Watson, who I think is under a fair amount of pressure to an offense that's been good to equal what Jacoby Brissett has done. Can I, and, out of the game. And doesn't sound that confident. When, when he mentioned how Jacoby Brissett, Deshaun Watson, that is, at his media appearance, and we can get to that, uh, different aspects of it, but just in terms of his on-field play, he mentioned how they're top five in all the numbers. He certainly wasn't puffing his chest out. We haven't heard a lot of reports that he's looked great at practice, whether that was in the offseason or now. No, no one's saying those reports. You kind of heard some whispers that it's been okay, and he certainly struggled in that preseason match. I I, I hated how he handled uh, the off-field uh, you know, sexual assault allegations part of his press conference, and we can get to that. But I thought it was interesting, too, how he handled the on-field one 
not sounding like he, he's expecting to hit the ground running. It should help that he's playing one of the worst defense in the league and you can just hand the ball off to Nick Chubb. But I, I think there's an open question whether he'll be better over the last six games than Jacoby Brissett was. Yep. I don't think it matters at all. And if there's a faction of the Browns locker room that is having an issue with Jake Brisket losing his job, well, get him out of the building. Well, I don't that's think just there, the way it is. An issue. An this issue. is Deshaun Watson's team. Uh, whether we like it or anybody likes it or not, and whether he plays better than Jacoby Brissett hitting the ground or for the balance of the season doesn't matter because this is a big-picture move by the Browns that they made, as we all know. And Brissett, I think, was very – he was good. He was steady. But he threw 12 touchdowns in 11 games. It wasn't like he's replacing 1984 Dan Marino here. I, I, I do th- – I would, I would not be surprised if Watson does struggle. He literally – and I know this has been off-stated, but we'll say it one more time – when he takes the field on Sunday, it will be his first game action in 700 days. And he just has been out of the league for two years, and that is going, I think, to show itself. So if Browns fans are going to get upset that the offense takes a step down right now, well, that's just part of, I think, the suspension and everything that plays into it. And they're going to eat it. They're going to swallow that sadness because it's not about this season with Deshaun Watson. It's about going forward. It's not, and it, it probably even helps – Cleveland a little bit. I know they'd like to be in the playoff race, but the, their record isn't flipped. That you're right. Like Brissett playing pretty well. I they agree still with that. they still are in a yep. situation where the season is essentially lost, and so you're not going to have quarterback number two come in, and then then you fall out of the playoff race because I think that would be a, a rather volatile there would reaction. Be, there would be anger or frustration in the fan base if you're right. If they were in the mix right now, and then he struggled, yep. but I think he's going to have time to get his feet wet. The good uh, thing is you're situation. playing a team that over the last two first halves uh, were out yardage 533 yards to 37. It's hard to do that. We could gain 37 yards in two NFL I halves, I hate that I they even broke Damian Pierce, the guy that we were like into this season. I think he's averaging about like 10 yards a game the yeah, last couple It's hard weeks. to see what it's the plan is now. with Houston. I don't. Uh, but it, it, the fact that it's in Houston, the matchup obviously is fantastic for, for Watson and the Browns. The fact that it's in Houston for him – personally, I think adds to something I've thought about and and was exacerbated watching his press conference. He showed zero contrition again. He won't talk about anything other than football. He doesn't sound overly comfortable just like with where he is. And he just sounds like a guy who's kind of living a lie he, that he's at no point has moved on. And everyone says, okay, we want to move on from, from this and we want to talk about football, but he doesn't sound like a, a young man that like, or a man that has dealt with it whatsoever. He doesn't sound like a leader that you can get behind. And the fact that it's in Houston against the team that had to give up a lot of money to settle all these cases with the women uh, that accused Sean Watson of settle, you know, sexual assault, the same women uh, that ultimately cost him two years of his career because of his actions and that he had to settle all this money. They're going to be in the stadium there. The team who admitted, they said they didn't admit responsibility, but they also did pay the women quickly when they sued the team. The fact that it's all in Houston, how could that not, like, have an effect and how could him 
in like where he is in the sports landscape, which is going to be enemy number one whenever he's on the road. He, he obviously knows that hard questions are coming from the media and he pushed them off today, but I don't think that's necessarily going to end unless he ever does address it or ever shows contrition. I think it's, I think that's just like gonna that plays into everything. He's a human being, and I think that's like it, it's gonna make it all even more difficult. I, I, I feel like. everything yeah. you're saying makes sense to me, but I also also following him and watching how he's handled this whole thing. Um, it would not surprise me if he's denied this so many times now, and his his. His record in his mind is different the way his uh, the accusers uh, come down on this, the way people on the outside that thinks he has handled this very poorly. But if he in his mind feels like, you know, I'm moving forward and I didn't do anything wrong, like whether that's true or not, I get more of the vibe that's where he's at. Like, I, listen, I, I didn't. I, I, I totally agree. Totally but with you. I, I think I'm totally that, with you. On I that. think that's unhealthy, and oh, that's I'm probably going to be and it's, that's a him. problem for them and possibly for the Browns. If, if what you're saying is true, that he's at war with himself privately on some level about how this all played out, that could have a negative effect on his career, on his relationship with teammates, with everything. But I'm also more in the camp that he has totally processed this in a blinders way, uh, which is not not something I respect especially, but probably will help him on the field I, I'm basing, to be that way. I agree with you, and I'm basing it simply on his own words during these right. rash of press that's conferences. That's what I mean. There is I agree, a but that's void what I mean. of self-awareness there to some degree. But that's sort of like living or lying. You can convince yourself into that and have all this denial, but I do think that's got to show up in in his life and you potentially kinda, his ability to, to right? leave. You kind of want – I'm not saying you. I'm saying we all want him there to be – uh, consequences for this. And I think that's part of what's made this so frustrating is that there might not be any going forward like he's moved past that. While all the people that were allegedly connected to his behavior don't get to move past it. Well, and guess what? The league has said we've moved past it. Right. But, that, right. But it's been in, legislated and that's that's it. But you have to have some crazy blinders on to feel like it hasn't, you know. I think he has crazy if, blinders no, I agree. On, no, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> that's to, all. To a understand that like this just took away two years away from my career and my prime I was couldn't have been like more publicly respected and actually raised up as like a guy that people like and now I'm enemy number one nationally and there's no guarantee he's going to be the same player here or that it's all going to work out or that this move works out like now comes the hard part he might just be mediocre he might be great he might be bad who's to know let us take a break and we'll be right back You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. 
I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe will win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. All right, we are back. It is time now for Greggy, the great Greggy, having a tough draft. I'm having a great yeah. draft. No, I'm no having, you're not, Greg. Let's I'm see. having a fine time. I'm taking the Jaguars blinders. and the Lions. Yes. It's the team of around THL, this AL, is a good, because good I've had the Lions every single week. <laughs> I, I almost. I really have had the Lions yeah. almost every week. This is a uh, you're having a, a career altering draft in a negative way, but this was a good pick here. Good value it, pick. It was all I could take. Uh, <laughs> fun game. Annoyed personally that these two teams are playing each I'm other because I feel like they're the two teams that are better than the record at four and seven. I throw the Browns in there too, by the way. But these are the two teams that are playing their best football right now. But, Greg, that's why it's a great show-me no, game. I get, yeah, absolutely, and it makes it more interesting. But I want both of these teams to win this week. I, I have a fondness for this Jaguars team now with Trevor Lawrence uh, showing me something and playing very clean football week after week, making really good decisions, being really accurate. But I have even more fondness for this Lions defense. They're, they've changed. Their, their numbers since the bye are average. And that's something. And they're flying around the field. And that's something. That's coaching. They were such an absolute sieve for six weeks that all they needed was an average defense. And suddenly you're in every game. And mm-hmm. maybe Jared Goff's not going to close them out when you're playing good opponents like the Bills. But I think they'll close out the Jaguars because I think this Jaguars defense is quietly a little disappointing. You can certainly throw on them. And I think the Lions go get another win. There you what go, it- Greggy. What are you clapping about? Because the Lions, we get behind the Lions, the team of around the NFL. How about you? How about you, Sestog? I, I told you that they won me over in that Bills game. I didn't like the way it ended, but they absolutely did. But, I also, but, you know what? Now, be honest. It like, took a three-game losing streak I, I and then a great performance on Thanksgiving to win over. I know, but I, I, I said all along, I will allow the streak. Detroit Lions to come to me. I'm not going to fabricate or cook up enthusiasm when it wasn't there. But now that it's there, I absolutely... Enjoy them. Speaking but of I, the egotists, they come to you. Yes. Wow. I, what? Wh- what, other e- what other egotists were we like talking about? Your head. It's like Amon Ross, St. Brown. Come on over. I'll have uh, some time I think around very... three forty-five to four. But just make sure you get there on time. I'm the great Mark Sessler. Come to me I mean, so I can absurd. adore you. 
This is absurd. If this is actually playing on NFL Network right now, the last 10, 12 seconds of the show, I will be stunned and annoyed at the uh, people behind the glass. But I will tell you this. <laughs> I am equally excited about what Trevor Lawrence has done. Since week nine, trails only Tua in passer rating, in essentially touchdown interception ratio. We waited for this, and we kind of, I thought, if anything, were patient with Trevor Lawrence, but now we are getting it. And I think these are two really, you could look at both coaches and say that Campbell has changed the Lions. They're starting to play in his image, and Doug Peterson has flipped the switch on Trevor Lawrence at this point. I mean, what we're getting over the last three or four weeks, that this is who he is and continues to grow, you've got a star quarterback with the Jaguars have essentially never had unless you want to call Mark Brunel that. Um, I was telling you this, uh, Greg, a couple days ago. After In the <laughs> afterglow of that incredible ending for the Jaguars, uh, where Lawrence did kind of flip the switch and, and it was his big arrival game. And I thought about, you know, when you talk about who are the generational, quote-unquote, quarterbacks entering the league. And, uh, you know, the frame, my, my football history frame, a lot of it obviously connects with the Jets. And I remember the 1998 season, which was a great year in Jets history, where Bill Parcells had them rolling. They went 12-4, and four, got to the AFC title game. They played a 1-8 Colts team. On November 15th, 1998, I'll never forget it. Last play of the first half, a long field goal attempt by the Colts was fielded in the back of the end zone by now the defensive coordinator of the Lions, then the cornerback for the Jets, Aaron Glenn, who returned it 108 yards Mm. for a touchdown. Uh, The roof was going off at Hansis Manor in Pearl River. And then Peyton Manning had his day. It was his moment. He got hot in the second half. They scored a touchdown late in the fourth quarter. 24-23, Colts won. Now, that season didn't end with a big roll down the stretch. But at the same time, I remember that being kind of like the Peyton Manning. Whoa, okay, this guy, he could be the dude. And sure enough, by 1999, he was a star. I'm not saying that Trevor Lawrence is going to be Peyton Manning, but I did. you just get the feeling you see it. that this is going to be the launching point for him. And this is going to be one of the best quarterbacks in football. Um, Hmm. Maybe this is putting too much into three weeks and specifically what happened on Sunday. But, God, he has everything. Everything. I know he actually has to get better, but those are things that can be It's been better, though. I would say that's sort of been his defining trait these three weeks. So that's that's been impressive. I don't think he's going to make as many crazy off-script plays as Allen or Mahomes, those types of plays. And he's not going to be the runner that that Jalen Hurts is. But I think what you're seeing is more now that he's decisive, you can just see that he can make any type of throw that you you want, and he can put it on the money. And he's also – he's not surrounded – like some other young quarterbacks, by star talent. I mean, he made Zay Jones look like Jerry Rice a week ago. I mean, that's on Zay Jones, too, who played great. But you've got yeah, – who's around him that's like you're, you could point to is like they've really built an offense full of stars. It's some nice pieces, but he's elevated the play of the people around him. And I think he has wiped away some of those sort of head-scratching overthrows where he also melted down on potential game-winning drives you know, week after it's week. It's a little loose with the ball. He fumbled right in that game-winning drive. And yeah, which... that fumble kind of was a little overlooked in the in the hoopla. I'd agree with you that. But, but I, I just, you're seeing tremendous growth. It shows in the numbers, and it just shows in his actual play, and he just looks the part. You know what's crazy? I was thinking, this is off topic, but the 2020 draft class, I mean, that's Tua, that's Hurts. Right now, that's, that's Herbert, yeah. and that's Burrow. That's an amazing draft class. Right now, Herbert is ranked uh, the lowest of all of them on QB index. Four guys in one class. So can Lawrence get up to that level? I think he can. I'm not ready to say he's definitely going to be, you know, one of the best quarterbacks in the league, but there's nothing getting in his way. All right, let's move on. I will take 
Ig. All right, we ran out. We ran out. It's okay. I'll grab Packers at Bears. It is getting grizzly. Yeah, it's okay though. We're gonna yeah. we have so much good football. Yeah. I don't mind taking a little a couple dog games just to keep an eye on where all the great football is going on on screen three. Sure, I, I max out. You at actually screen want three. you want to do that? Yeah, I, I'm gonna have screen. This is this is what's gonna look like a little peek behind the curtain, everybody. Daddy's gonna have uh, Jets Vikings on. You, you're the daddy you're, in this case, and the now, listeners another, are your children. You bet your another ass, third daddy. person nickname. And then you're gonna Not have my daddy. You're gonna. Hmm? <laughs> You got the Packers Not at yet. Bears on the secondary screen. Mm-hmm. I will be professionally keeping an eye on that. All right. And then old Papa Bear is going to have uh, – I looked at Greg as I said that, and he, his eyes kind of lit up. You're also Papa well, Bear. Well, you did seem to push back when I said you're not my daddy as if you're saying, well, actually, you don't know, but you're, I am your daddy. Right. I'm your father. One day one day you'll be like, <laughs> you were right. You were my daddy the whole time. <laughs> Wait, you're daddy and Papa Bear? Sure. At the same time? Yeah. Zaddy, stop it. Ah, Frags, always welcome on the show. And then I'll watch whatever the – yeah, I'll watch uh, Titans-Eagles too. That will be on the third screen. This is a great Sunday. I mean, I'm that's excited. my game. Right. That's just the fun. Keep an eye on it. Boom, boom, boom. It's a little, little I don't, I, You need to ask my permission to watch my game. May I have permission, Zaddy? If, since you just called me that, yes. <laughs> it's getting weird. Packers at Bears from Soldier Field. <laughs> I am working under the assumption that Aaron Rodgers will play, but who knows? Rodgers, uh, obviously, this is a rib issue. Um, kind of, a, you know, Aaron, you got to give him this. He knows how to stay in the conversation. He knows the answers to give that will keep him in the headlines. So on the McAfee show, he said that the scans came back good and he intends to play, blah, blah, blah. Then the reporters asked him about what are your thoughts about the idea of Jordan Love getting a look if you guys are out of contention? And he, he said he was you know open-minded, I guess, if they were to come to him with that, which I don't know if I believe. But anyway, it was made for another headline. Uh, if Rodgers doesn't play, this game is actually a little bit more interesting uh, because of Jordan Love. Uh, getting a full start against a terrible... There's just no Imagine meat. that comment being ushered in August. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, there's no meat on the bone with Chicago if Justin Fields isn't playing, and I don't know what his status is, but the Bears have a bye next week. It doesn't make any sense to me to play him uh, this week, but we'll see what happens. Anyway, if Rodgers plays, I'm locking up the Packers because I think it sets up oh. ideally for a Rodgers four-touchdown performance and you know exactly how he wants it in his mind. Uh, and if he doesn't play, I'll probably move off the lock. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. That's where we're at on this game. I also am locking up the Packers, and I don't need to throw in any Rodgers plays or love plays. Oh, don't plays. give me that because you moved off the lock that we made last I'm Thursday. Just, I'm just telling you the truth. Don't I'm locking him up with Jordan Love. I'm locking him up with Aaron Rodgers. I'm locking it up with Scott Tolzien if they take him out of retirement. <laughs> I don't like, the, I don't like the, the you and I, the lock bros, yeah. that works. Yeah. The Greg and Mark I didn't, dual lock does not really work very well. And the Dan I don't and know Greg if we've dual done, lock does not work. This will be a work. good test. for. A, this is a show me well, Sunday for the yeah, lock. I don't know if brothers. we've uh, yeah. done it before. This Bears team, it, I lock more against teams than I do lock four teams. And the Packers have only won one of their last Eight games, I believe. They're one and seven since starting three and uh, one. So, you know, you could feel more comfortable about them. But I think they've solved a lot of their offensive problems. I do expect Rodgers to play. But I really was going to lock it up, Love versus the Bears, because I think the Packers have solved their offensive problems in the way that their offensive line is healthier now. They've they've protected pretty well. We know the running game is good. They've been run blocking better. 
Watson has really Christian added. Christian Watson's a player. He's now. added a lot. Absolutely. You might get Romeo yeah. Dobbs back back this week. And the Bears' defense was already the worst in the league. And then they lost Eddie Jackson, the best player oh, in their yeah. secondary. They also didn't have uh, Brisker or Kyler Gordon. Their two rookies who are starting have had good moments and are two of their better starters. So you went from one of the worst defenses in the league to even worse than that in the secondary. And I know the Packers' defense has struggled too, but I just feel like. This is a nice get-right game, to... or it's a nice breakout game for Jordan Love. Either way, I feel good about the if Packers you go, winning. Like, I, don't, I don't take too much in like the early season encounters between some of these teams, but sustainably for Chicago on offense, the one way I see them into this is that back in week two, they rumbled over Green Bay for 180 yards on the ground. That was only 20 yards from Justin Fields. That was, mm. that was their distinct, true running game. And the Packers are coming off a game where they allowed 363 yards rushing. You know who the Bears are? The Bears are that classic late-season team, and we saw it in their last game last week at the Meadowlands. They might put up a bit of a fight early on, but if you if you punch them in the in the gut or if you give them a shot to the jaw at some point before the first half, they're just ready to go home. Yeah, well, they're a broken defense, although I'd say the same thing about the Packers but I'm saying, in a lot of these that, games. They're a bad team that once you let them know this is going to be a long day, they're not ready yeah. for the battle. The, the Fields has been practicing, and Simeon's not. So you would think Fields would have a good chance to play, but they also could be Seems playing reckless. it careful. But one of the reasons why I, I felt good locking it, no matter who's playing or whatever, is I just feel like they're going to be careful with him if he does play. Yes. He, they're not going to have as many design runs, and then but they're see, just what's a the little point? punchless. I, I'd argue what's you don't point? even put him into, into dangerous you, way. You know well, then I love locking against Nathan Peterman. Well, a, the line is only three points, lock, though. By the way, if Rodgers plays Trevor against Simeon a field not free. practicing because of the oblique yeah. that he played through on Sunday? Yeah. I don't, I don't, I so I think he would there. probably, it probably would be Simeon starting. Who knows? Can you I know? just say one thing? Like, you guys locking up if Rodgers plays and if Justin Fields is like one half of what he is and is not used on the ground or doesn't play at all, I mean, go find a mirror on that one. It's a three-point spread. It's a three-point spread. I don't care what the spread is. I mean, you just yeah, have to save from, a, from an integrity. It's actually second. than the one Wait we gave second. Nick Wesseling all those kudos well, we'll for. I don't have to Mark, be proud you, of your you luck. buried Green Bay all season as a bad team that needs to float away, and now you're saying they've we need lost to find seven a of eight. I'm saying if it's Aaron Rodgers versus like Trevor Simeon or something. They've lost, they've lost seven of eight? Yeah, the Packers. They were three and one, remember this I think, season? I think you <laughs> so we know exactly what I'm saying. I'm just saying. Me, I feel – I've been you know kind of loyal to the Packers even through all the struggles here. I'm I sticking I with struggle them. To respect, I'm loyal to football. I struggle to respect the, the choice. You get I mean, nervous about I, Thursday if night I looked in the mirror, all I'd see <laughs> is a nice, fresh cut. I'd well, see some uh, beautiful makeup. Uh, a lack of self-awareness. <laughs> Liza put on, Tanya down there. Everyone's doing a great job today, making us look our all right, best. Greg, yes. well, I'm glad that you're pleased with yes, yourself. Justin. I just wanted to question where Greg got his line from, because the source I use says Packers minus five as of this See, moment. See, look at where this thing's going. Well, maybe it's moved. It was three when I left. It doesn't matter where it moves going if forward. Five's good. This is when we did five's the show. Five's good. You... Do you want to move off your Thursday night lock? I know you're nervous about it. Not, no. a, not even in the least. Okay, so don't worry about our locks. Mind your own business. Mind your business. I mean, how many times on the show have you come at other people about their lock? Like, that's, I'm simply giving Three you a words. taste of your own medicine. Mind your business. Okay? You mind yours. And my guess is, Graver, the line has moved up with the confidence that Rodgers is playing. And how about this, I Greggy? Bet. If we do lock, lock up together, and I'm not worried about not getting a game in the standings on you one way or the other because it's still a lot of ball to play and I'm only one game behind. I didn't have a backup game this weekend. We, we yeah. become the lock daddies if we get this <laughs> okay. one. Okay, I like that. You have no loyalty. We were the lock bros. We're lock bros. Yeah. 
bros. I'd rather be a lock daddy than a lock bro. Really? Yeah. Maybe we become the lock zaddies next okay, time. Okay, then we'll do that. I'll, I, whatever you do next week. Is it just me or is the show getting more and more stupid? I mean, we're into like hour four it's of this It's very stupid. Episode. It's definitely, uh, go, we're going hard on things that amuse us, but not the listeners well, that's or been the, the people last 10 behind years, the glass. I think, but. Mark, yeah. <laughs> your pick. All right. I am going to go. Oh, these are ugly yeah, choices. Yeah, we're going to roll through these. Well, that's uh, how, that's what happens. Broncos at Ravens. Okay. At least the Ravens are in that game. All Who the, are you, Ravens? Yeah, all the remaining games, by the way, including this one, the three remaining. Speed it up. Something hideous about every game, usually, one team specifically. No, that's true. Uh, yeah. Ravens really been struggling in the red zone. I think if you want to look at this and say this is actually a good test for Baltimore because Denver, if anything, their defense has been outstanding. I mean, we, we talked about it last week. Had they punched 18 points in their first 10 games, it would have been 9-1 and one because the defense is has a right to be irate. I mean, we saw Mike Purcell burning off the field last week and basically going right up to Russell Wilson and saying, we don't know what he said, but just get this thing going. And then I thought it was most telling that in the background, quietly, is Nathaniel Hackett sort of just looking away and not wanting to be part of it. It's like, what's going on with the Denver Broncos and the offense? We talked about it every week. Their season on offense cannot end fast enough. I'm much more concerned with Baltimore Going out here and winning a game like this where you show that on offense, you can be more consistent, not blow a league or lead. I just think that Lamar Jackson, it's a, 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 maybe a little bit too much weight around him. You're a little too weapons poor on offense. They're asking him to do so much, and it's not something that I trust that they're going to be able to take through January. I think people have said the Ravens just going to get better and better, roll through and win this division. I don't think you're winning the division, first of all. I think the, I the much schedule prefer, is so easy, though. Inclu- that's like, fine. Can, but they they, handle, can but, they blow a lead against the Russell Wilson Broncos? Come on. Okay, but we said the schedule was so easy, then they went out and lost to the Jaguars. Okay. So it's just like uh, you have to go handle your own business. I don't... There's my a trust difference in the, between the Jaguars and the Broncos who are Dead as butt. Yeah, but it's good Broncos defense. So it's, you're not, go out, here's the thing, though. I, I've i noticed a little decline here from the Broncos defense, too, which makes sense. They're injured up front, and they've traded they traded away Chubb. They've been closer to average, I would say, over the last three, four weeks. And you just so don't, you don't with Baltimore's you, offense. You don't need much. The Broncos offense right now is on pace to have be the lowest scoring offense since the, two, since the 2000 Browns. Man. I mean, that isn't was a, that, that crazy? Wasn't... They're the worst offense in 20 years. They had 246 yards against a Carolina team uh, that's in the top five for the draft. And and Russell Wilson, as we know, has struggled in so many ways this year. Bill Barnwell, friend of the show over at ESPN, had a great write-up on all the things that are wrong with Russell Wilson's season. And one thing that really jumped out um, of all the things to me as a red zone passer, Russell Wilson in the past decade was one of the best in football. Year after year after year, when he was the quarterback, they found a way to score. In fact, he had a 91.9 QBR last season, which, by the way, wasn't a great season for Russell Wilson, but still was good enough to be in the top 10 in the league. Uh, in this season, his first year through 10 games of the Broncos, he's dipped from 91.9 to 6.3 QBR mm. In the red zone. There are so many things wrong with him, but their absolute staggering inability to get it done uh, in that area of the field, it's head scratching. He has two fewer touchdowns than Carson Wentz, who has not played since week six. There were that, those reports a couple a weeks ago. A literal glass of milk. A glass of milk. A man, a man just essentially no more than a glass Whole of milk. Whole milk. There it- were those reports that, 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 
Wilson is so lost that he was calling out Seahawks audibles uh, in essentially on the field in Uh-oh. games with the Broncos. And this is a tough matchup. I, and the Ravens, <laughs> I know they've blown some leads, but I think, I think they're a good defense. I thought it was interesting this week. Greg Roman uh, got an interview, permission to get an interview, their offensive coordinator with Stanford. Hmm. And I do wonder what the Ravens would think about that, whether like – They've really built this offense in such a unique way around Roman's scheme and Lamar, and I feel like it might be time for them to have to have a break, anyways. And I, my guess is they wouldn't be that sad if he left for Stanford. It would uh, change their whole team, though. I, I feel like this is there's like vague pings of deja vu about you dinging Greg Roman. I'm not really digging Greg Roman. I think you can say in San Francisco he he has a certain way that he plays and. It had its moment, and they're not—they're not a bad offense, but they've done it such a unique, certain way around his running game this for this long that it might be time to There's change. There's like a bit of, like, bit of a shelf life with his offense, maybe, I think, yeah. from stop to stop. Lamar, it's different with Lamar. Yeah, Lamar exited practice on Wednesday, by the way, with some type of quad issue. I don't know. He's back on Thursday. Yeah, it was though. precautionary, and he should be okay. I—I I gotta push back a little bit, Greg. Uh, my. I'm so shaken by Baltimore's defense after what I saw at the end of that game. I just find it hard to trust them. They're good. I think they're a good defense. What the hell I think they're different there? than they were well, just in like, the first six weeks. They've collapsed like no other team in four of these games. And it's just like, why are we trusting them to go suddenly rip off three wins in January? No. I feel like they're destined to lose a heartbreaker in January. Yes. But I think they'll get there. Greg, you have the penultimate pick. Oh, I do. And uh, I'll take Steelers-Falcons. Whoa, upset. Still on the board. Well, what else is there? Seattle at the Rams. Oh, well, a little Geno fetish. It's a fair point. I probably should have too, because of uh, you can now, still watch it now. now the early yeah, watch slate. Can, I'm switching my pick. I'm going Seahawks oh. Rams. I'm sorry to the everyone. The card was already turned in. Is that doesn't, even allowed? It, it is allowed. So. It's gonna it's gonna mess up my Sunday. No, wait a second. Wait a second, Justin. What was the official ruling on this? I thought the card had been turned in. I thought sure. so too. But I don't know. You guys make the rules, not me. Wow. You know, we've got like the whole Nick Shook factor. You know I don't want to deal imp- with I'm this. In, I'm impartial because I can't be involved because I have the next pick. Uh, Mark, you I need to make this. the final Greg rule. has had such um, – it's been such a disaster today for you that if this could be a little halo, a little win for you, something that gives you a little bit of joy, I'll okay it. I'll green light okay. it. I will. All right. There you go. Now he's like, I'm I don't, I don't even know what I want. Well, I don't know what I want. That's very clear. Can, like, the draft Knicks understand that. Can it's, we just move on with the show one Seahawks way or the other? Seahawks-Rams can be quick uh, conversation because there's no Aaron Donald in this game. There's no Matthew Stafford in this game. Obviously, there's no Cooper Cupper, Aaron, uh, or Ro- Allen Robinson. The, the offensive line maybe is going to start a new lineup for the 12th straight week, which is a, a, a record. Unbelievable. It's a perfect time for a get-right game. I think Bryce Perkins showed enough last week that I think they can start building the offense around his skill set in a way that might be tough to prepare for. They have gotten a little bit of the running game going, and the Seattle defense is concerning enough that you think Perkins might be able to move the ball a little bit, and they could be feisty if their defense shows up, I just don't know if their defense is going to be showing up that much can, without Aaron Donald. I, it did last week. We You've got to give him credit for we that. We have all season to off season to talk about this, but doesn't it make so much sense? The Rams obviously now are in a heap of trouble organizationally uh, because the roster has thinned. They've been unsuccessful this season. 
they don't have draft picks. Matthew Stafford, wouldn't it make so much sense for them to trade him in the offseason at this point, recoup some draft picks and start building whatever is the next phase in this in this team's Hmm. And then you think That's about Matt Stafford back on the trade market in the offseason. There are a number of teams that he makes sense on, including mine. Back to the um, Lions. Interesting. <laughs> now that would be amazing. Uh, but I think this, I this is forever home. I would be – I would – Expect really? he would retire rather I, than get I, traded. I think, that I think retirement's too. hanging out there. As a, there's just something weird going on. I'll with just, that whole thing. I just got a vibe. Retirement or new team? In I don't think he'd want to play football again if it wasn't for McVeigh and hmm. in this team. And I, I think they they'll want to keep him because hey, it doesn't. How about doesn't Kenneth Walker? Yet. Last two games, 17 yards rushing, 26. I love him as a runner. It's like let's really let's up a little. Yeah, here. really three out of four. This is I. Yeah, I know this is a game they should take care of. It's out of the lock zone, of course. But they need to improve their pass rush, their defense, their running game. They've gotten into some bad habits. They are not guaranteed by any means to make the NFC playoffs. So they need to go get a seven win. I enjoyed uh, Geno Smith saying this week that the Seahawks are adjusting uh, to life going from uh, the hunter to the hunted. The six and five Seahawks. Mm. Listen, they've... Listen, they've earned it, and this is who they are now. Well, they the will greats. face Bobby One of the Wagner. Titans of football. They will face Bobby Wagner this week. A little, they which are, would be a bigger deal if the care. Rams weren't a disaster. I guess what he's saying is they lost as a favorite last week, and now they're a favorite again. Hunter to hunted. The Seattle Seahawks. Uh, I mean, if that defense, by the way, struggles in this game. El per- problema. Perfect get well game for Seattle. I was a little worried about it until the Donald news, just because I don't know. All right, let's uh, close it out with Steelers at Falcons. Could be better, could be worse. I don't hate that game. I kind of hate it. Actually, oh. I despise it. Oh. I, I despise it so much. Gravedigger, I'm going to need your help with it, buddy. Uh, come Sunday. <laughs> Got I'm, you. I'm all booked up. Um, yeah. I like this game. I yeah. kind of am into the, the Steelers. Why did you draft team? it then? Yeah, you you literally well, did draft, then then decided. Then not I to realized draft I had it. three early games, and then I was thinking about the shook games, and it just so that's got, where you're getting it, yourself in it, trouble. It got too yeah, confusing. It's not, it's not running a good war room here. <laughs> hey, look, Steelers over the last few weeks, Dan. Yeah, if you don't mind me, just jump sure, in here. Just go on. <laughs> okay, Football Outsiders, you can now sort by week, which is fun. Great, mm, uh, pinch me since the bye. <laughs> Since the bye. Dan is so checked out. <laughs> Ninth in offense, eighth in defense. And the, here's what I really am impressed about. We know Kenny Pickett's played better. Their running game has been consistent. They have been pushing people around in the run game. And if they can run the ball, and I think Najee Harris getting hurt might not be the worst thing. To me, uh, Warren and Snell both have oh, a little dang, more juice. Bro. He's good too, but it, it doesn't matter who's back there is my main point. They're not a bad offense. I, I think they're a little more balanced of a team right now than the Falcons are. I like the Steelers to win. Hmm. All right. They're six against the run also. That's what the Falcons do. And I've started to look at the Falcons. I kind of have been a Falcons supporter, I think, quietly this whole season and going back to last year with Arthur Smith. But Big game for them. Yeah, you take Show away the run Sunday. game and you could just basically guarantee that Marcus Mariota, whether it's his fault or not, like that interception last week was a tipped ball, but it's like, don't we just at this point, like a... Cookie cutter, just expect Mariota to do something at the end of the game that 
basically unspools the, the most, entire operation. They're the most consistent team in the NFL. They are the exact same team every week. Yep. Actually, you, you say, oh, if you can stop the run. No one stops the run. We, they ran all over even Washington. They're a great, they're a truly great running team. We know what Mariota is, and their defense is 31st in the league in points per drive given up. At no point have they really shown life defensively. They're the exact same team every I week. I fully put that <laughs> loss, and that was a season-crushing loss potentially, for Atlanta. Just imagine if they win that game right. where they are and, and the way the NFC South and the Bucks, the pressure on the Bucks. Uh, why, why, why are you asking Ma- Marcus Mariota to make a game why winning throw in that spot? Why were they not running the ball there? There was Cordero plenty of Patterson time. Patterson is, that's the, uh, what did Jonathan Vilma say, uh, Justin Gravedigger? What did Vilma say about Cordero Patterson near the goal line? What did he say? Jesus Christ. Yeah. He he's said, tough. Jesus Christ. Because he's an absolute terror that nobody wants to tackle. Why are you not giving him three times inside the five? He's going to score. He's going to score. Instead, you ask Mariota to make a, a, a big play. The guy can't make a big play to save his life, which is why he won't be their quarterback next year. It got me so mad watching that. Hmm. That's it. I have nothing else to say. They can rebound. Are getting better. If Falcons I like, win I like this game, it. they could be tied for first. You know, on on Monday night, after, if the Bucks lose, I'm way more intrigued by a Kenny Pickett than say Taylor Heineke, just because I like watching a rookie quarterback starting to develop and how how that trajectory goes. Well, and, the, and he's also, I think, you know, Heineke's a fill-in, but Pickett's in there with other young players who are growing around him. Like the Pickens thing, I think, is a huge development for them. And right. what team do you trust to de- develop wide receivers more than Pittsburgh? I find them uh, relatively fun to watch. You know what else I find fun? What? Developing news. Mm. Great timing there, Graver. The Graver Alliance. Thanks. Rosenthal. It's on. It doesn't feel Von real. Miller is heading to injured reserve. Doesn't necessarily end his season, but does mean he's going to miss the next four games. Ouch. Some big ones, including that Dolphins one coming up in a couple weeks. we got a Jets matchup. He had circled the Jets games as, as his return, so that, this is a little bit of a setback. There was a, a thought his that timetable. he might undergo surgery. We need more information in that if he did undergo surgery, it would be season-ending. So we'll find out more. That is a killer for them. Uh, toughy, but you know they're in it to win it in January, and he's got to get right. So maybe not the worst thing. Hey, uh, Gravedigger, Marcus Mariota, one more stat on him. He has started every game this year he has. for the Falcons? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Okay, so how much, that means he needs to start six more, and he starts all 17 games for the 2022 Falcons? That's correct. All right. Uh, do you have something to play for us? A real if Mariota starts 17 games, I will do one of these shows topless. Like, he has not that <laughs> oh, Write that down. That will help nobody. Desmond Ritter, it's time to take a look. Yeah, you need to start rooting against the Falcons because I don't think they're making a change if they keep winning. If no, they win think, this game, you're in deep trouble. No, I think he's got to start uh, wailing on his chest and on some buys and tries. That's, because that's too. Desmond yeah. Ritter ain't playing. Right. Both of those things can be <laughs> happening at the same time. We'll need to be. <laughs> All right. Good stuff. Uh, every game that we just previewed, we will review on Sunday with expert precision and analysis. Thank you to everybody for watching and listening. And uh, we will see you on Sunday. But before that, the Friday Fun Show. Make sure you check that out. Live stream on YouTube and you can get in podcast form as well. Till then, heed the call.
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 